Hey, welcome back, everyone. This is episode 11 of the Electronic Gaming Mostly podcast. I'm Seeker127 here with The Gabbler. Potato. Again. Mouthful of potato salad, Gabbler. <laughs> <laughs> We've been playing Tabletop Simulator, Cards Against Humanity. So, uh, yeah. what, was I put a, what was that one? I put a bunch of French words and then mouthful of potato salad, which was great because Seth can't read. Yeah. <laughs> or Monty. It, was, it like, was Monty. Yeah. Was it Monty? <laughs> yeah. Same difference. <laughs> Can't understand either of them. <laughs> anyway, massive boner this week. Uh, Resident Evil 2 remake demo was out, and we mm-hmm. played the shit out of it on Friday. Uh, it was supposed yeah. to be a one-shot demo that was only half an hour timed, but um, PC Master Race. Mm-hmm. Um, well, people have been talking about this on Reddit, too, that... Um, talked about uh, somebody posted the statistics on it um let me pull those up actually because <clears throat> there was like a stats page that was taken i don't know where they got the information i don't know if it was published by capcom or whatever but it showed that um let's see uh, d- global stats show that only 29 percent have actually completed the demo 29 percent of people have completed that demo yeah, I mean, we I think we picked up everything, explored everything, and beat it in forty seven minutes. Yeah, they could have just yeah. given you an hour. You know, just don't even have a timer. It's so irrelevant. There's nothing in that. You can't go anywhere outside of some boundary area. Like there's there's a hallway. There, let's see. There's the there's the east hallway that you can go down, and then like a couple rooms you can hit there. Not even big rooms. Just like. Little nobody rooms that have no real significance. Yeah, uh, places you don't need to go. Well, the, the official reason yeah. they said was they didn't want people developing strategies, which, you know, whatever. There's no way to develop a strategy with that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's total not... bullshit. I think the real reason is that this is the half-hour time demo from E3. I think... I think this is the one that the press played back probably. in uh, June, and they were just lazy about it and released it to the public. Maybe added that... some graphics options. <laughs> that or they wanted to give people the sense that the game was bigger because once you realize what the demo actually is it's about three minutes 15 seconds yeah we sped running a few times <laughs> i think my best time was three minutes and 16 seconds i mean yeah, you you just go you trigger the cutscene. that's you, it yeah, yeah you go back you talk to marvin and then you go the other to the other side of the police station run through the hallways go up the stairs get the key and go out the door Going to the library and then back to the, to the library lobby. it triggers the ending segment where you just go back into the lobby and it's over Yep. Literally, the whole demo is get to the library. That's it. And it's not even like puzzle solving. There's no, that's really, I think. Well, they give you two thirds of a puzzle. They give you like the taste of a puzzle, but you never complete it. So if you, um, if you follow the breadcrumbs like you're supposed to, right? And you go through that door, you've, everyone's seen that cutscene. So there's no spoilers. But, uh, you know, Leon's trying to pull the cop out from underneath the the shutter and the zombie like eats the bottom part of him and it's all gross and shit. Well, that notebook. Um, gives you like hints to how to do the puzzles. So in the original Resident yeah. Evil, you but got you one unicorn the metal. They're they're completely useless for the yeah. demo. Well, that's what I'm saying. They only give you two thirds. So in in the original, you know, you get the unicorn metal, and you put it in the lobby in that statue, and it gives you a key. Yeah. Uh, and this one, it makes it pretty obvious from the notes, and you know, from the actual statue that's in there. There's three. There's a unicorn metal and two more. So you get two of the medals, yeah. and you can't yeah. get the third one. There's also a bunch of doors that are locked. For no reason. Yeah. Like you just try to open them and you can't. And then there's a bunch of doors that are locked with a chain around them. 
And yeah. I don't know if those are going to be locked in the final game well, or if that's... I think I think those are uh, an element to unlocking. Instead of having a key, I think you're going to have to get bolt cutters because they they already took the knife concept from Seven and are using that. Like you can't get through that side door until he gives you a knife, and it's I don't well, know. I don't, if, they like, only if did that once breaks, in Seven. It's still right? usable. <clears throat> well, you get you get multiple knives. I just. I can't really see a way where they would force you to use a knife without like giving you a knife right before you need it. If you need to open I, a door, I think you know? maybe the knife breaks, but it just doesn't do any damage. Well, I mean, no, it, what I think is going to happen is if they decide to add more like little boxes that you need to open with a knife, they're just going to put a knife there. You know, they do that in other games. Like if you need something like every time there's a chance that you can get poison, they put blue herbs all over the place. That's um in the in the remake the original remake when you go to fight the spider and you need the the knife to cut the spider web from there's a knife right there like yeah. there's ways around it it's just i guess it's kind of like resident evil 1's defense system cuz you can use the knife as a weapon like in 4 and 5 but you can also use it as a defense weapon if you get grabbed so i guess they don't you want you to just it here be able... as a defense weapon too yeah, yeah well that's what i'm saying i i don't Sorry. think they uh they just they just don't want you to always be able to get out of grabs and shit yeah i don't know how triggered i think it was just random maybe just one time i stabbed a lady and she fell i got a little prompt one of the times did you yeah sometimes it seems like you don't get a prompt i don't know well when i got a prompt it was um i was running past a zombie and she like didn't full-on grab me she like grabbed my arm and i could have used the knife but i just broke out of it yeah so i don't know the but let's talk about the gameplay, which is really good. I don't I, think it kills them, by the way, either, because I stabbed her in the stomach and she just fell over and got back up. Yeah, it says on the description when you get the knife that you can only get it back if you kill the zombie. And I think it just stops, uh, grabs. It doesn't necessarily kill the enemy. So uh, aside from that, I think the gameplay was really good. Probably the best oh, yeah. feeling over-the-shoulder Resident Evil so far. Absolutely. And that's with a controller and a mouse and keyboard, because I did it on ps4 first and then uh mm-hmm. we went to pc and my god is pc so much better i don't have a ps4 pro but um given the choice pick it up on pc it runs yeah, really really well problems on regular ps4 yeah uh, definitely some frame issues <clears throat> it's a little dark even with the um they have you calibrate when you start the game and it's a weird calibration system it's like they give you images and you have to move a slider to pick your your brightest setting your I mean, lowest your max and min bright brightness and then your regular brightness i don't really know what all that does but i'm um, guessing it's so that they can on the fly modify the darkness i didn't touch it at all and it seemed to be just fine it wasn't too bright it was nice and dark in dark areas i felt like when i was in the areas where he pulls out his flashlight i couldn't see beyond the flashlight i think that's what that system is it's the, the difference between the flashlight and the areas around it yeah it's probably a contrast setting but i fucked with it and i had to move the sliders quite a bit and um it still looked way better on PC because when I was in dark areas, it actually looked like I was in a dark area. Like if you were in real life, you know, yeah. like you can, you can't see can't too see well shit. outside of your flashlight cone, but on PS4, I couldn't see shit. Out. It was just pitch black. Hmm. And that's just weird in video games. I mean, I, I bet you it's some kind of HDR well, thing, but either, yeah. uh, <clears throat> certainly the, the light is going to take a lot of your vision there, but you're still going to be able to see stuff kind of off to, These people that think that pitch black is a real thing in real life just don't understand how light works. 
I mean, if you've ever experienced pitch black, it's pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, but you have to eliminate all sources of light. You're not going to get that. You're not going to get that in a natural environment. You're you're only going to get that in a place that is where you're trying to eliminate all light. <clears throat> Just walking into a building that doesn't have power anymore isn't going to do that. Yeah, I mean, um, like um, when I was on my honeymoon, I went to this like underground cave thing. It's like a yeah. tourist attraction. And uh, there is a part where they have you sit down and they turn off the lights and it is pitch black. It's like, you know, when you oh, turn yeah. the lights off and your your eyes haven't adjusted yet and you can't see anything. Yeah. It's like that, only it never goes away. Your eyes yeah, don't because there's adjust. zero light under caves. That's that's one of the biggest dangers of spelunking is that people's lights run out and you can't see anything. Yeah. And when you can't see anything, you have no way to navigate. Yeah, that's why they usually <laughs> like tie themselves off so they can just follow the rope back. Yeah, I think a lot of them also conserve light and, you know, make sure that they have backups and things like that. But that's one of the things that can go long, go wrong in underground cave diving, especially underwater. It's even worse. <clears throat> yeah, uh, so that's just like Resident Evil. Outdoors, you're <laughs> never going to get perfect pitch black. It's never going to happen because even the stars will give off an amount of light that your eyes are able to capture. Um but they do the lighting really well in the game. Yeah, and it seems really good. It, if it doesn't look right to you, change your settings. Because yeah. there's there's, it's pretty customizable, no matter what oh, this system you're playing Oh, this game is super on. customizable. That was one of the best things about it. Yeah, the, um, the only thing I don't like is that um, they still do that thing where you get to pick your frame rate, <clears throat> and it's either 30, 60, or variable. And then there's mm -hmm. another setting for picking your refresh rate. And I really wish they would just add... Instead of just being a eh, variable, just actually put on numbers like 30, 60, 120, 144, 250. Yeah. But also other the, than that, like I don't the really FOV have slider doesn't really have any numbers on it. Yeah, so. I turned it all the way up <clears throat> and it's not fishbully at all. Um, that option I don't think exists on PlayStation, um, but it looked a lot better on PC when the FOV was all the way up. Yeah, you can see quite a distance around Leon and that felt really good. Yeah, and it doesn't uh, look weird. I like how the camera works too with when you're running, it kind of centers him. But when you start walking again, he moves slightly to the left. It doesn't feel like he's taking up any amount of the screen at all. You know, you look at a game yeah. like uh, Arkham City or something like that. Batman takes up like two thirds of the screen or like one third or what is it like? Yeah, it's like one third of the screen or something like that is dedicated to Batman, and it, which is just useless. Uh, too many third-person games do that. It's, it, like Dark Souls. Dark Souls is great because your character doesn't take up a lot of screen. Yeah, and you can free move the camera wherever you want. Yeah. I, I also like the... There's some really intuitive control mechanics, too, with uh, being able to sprint. and uh, like You can just walk backwards normally, but then you can also sprint and look behind you as you're running. That's yeah. cool. I, I don't know how much you're going to need that, but... I mean, that's just a cool feature that I don't think I've ever experienced in a Resident Evil game where dodging zombies, I'll be able to look behind me to see, like, you know. Yeah, and the zombies are going to need dodging. So, speaking of the camera, the game does a real good job of not making you feel too claustrophobic when there's not enemies. But once you get yeah. surrounded by enemies, all of a sudden it gets really claustrophobic. 
you know, and one of the reasons for that, is, well, there's two reasons really. One is that when you get bit, the camera zooms way in on like your guys' face, your face and the zombie's face. Yeah. And to show you getting bit. So it's really disorienting because when I was trying to do the, one of the speed runs, which I mean, I say speed run. I was just seeing for fun. I'm not like a yeah, speed runner. I'm not taking that. a fucking <laughs> demo time seriously. I just wanted to see. Um, but I got bit and then I got up and tried to keep running and I went like pretty far in the wrong direction before realizing I got turned around. Yeah, I saw that. I remember that. So that they do that on purpose. I remember them talking about that. Yeah. And that's good. You know, you get bit by a zombie or get overwhelmed. It's going to feel like you don't know which direction you're facing and you got to panic and get out of there. Yeah. Camera's so, really good important. On, good on know, them for uh, that. One of the things I dislike the most about Resident Evil 5 is the camera feels like you're fighting against it all the time. You get a lot of times where you want to look somewhere and you just can't because your character's in the way or I don't know. It just doesn't feel as good. Or this one, yeah. the, the camera doesn't feel like a problem at all in this game. There's um, We were going to talk about this second, but since we're talking about camera, there's already a pretty rough uh, third-person fixed camera mod for the demo. <clears throat> so even if that's not a thing that Capcom puts in, uh, you'll be able to mod it on PC and play it the old way. And I think mm. it could actually work here because I saw someone using uh, Aim Assist and basically it just tracks heads. It tracks heads for you. Which so is basically what Resident Evil did already. Well, it didn't track heads specifically, but well, we'll get into that in a second. Uh, but not in, that hitting heads is very powerful anyways. Well, <laughs> it it is, but it's not. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think if you just activate that aim assist you could totally play the game in third person fixed camera mode i don't know how they're going to do the doors uh the doors i saw were like the um the ones that actually have a cutscene, where like the shutter where you open it you see leon yeah. like crawling underneath it that one they just kind of faded to black and faded back in but all the rest of the doors where you just walk through them i don't know how they're going to handle that but I you know the smartest thing for them to do would be just to go to the cutscene because there's obviously a moment where I know it transitions seamlessly from the third-person camera if you're playing it normally, but there's a clear and obvious moment where it jumps into cutscene. Yeah. Um, I think at that moment is what they need to cut to. I don't think it'll be jarring at all. I mean... Oh, you're well, they just fade to black and fade back in. That's what I saw. But yeah, I'm talking, I'm I'm, that's I'm talking about do. the... I'm talking about the other doors. Yeah, the regular doors, that's kind of rough. You really just got a quick change camera i guess <clears throat> which i, don't know. I mean, i'm looking forward to it though some games that work like that i i mean i'll try it <laughs> well didn't like did resident evil 3 have transition doors yeah they all they all did up until 4 <clears throat> 1 2 3 and code veronica had code oh did. i know what i'm thinking about i'm thinking about uh Oh God! Was it uh, Resident Evil Five DLC where they tried to like in the you could change the camera to be like Resident Evil? Yeah. One. What did they do there? Because I don't remember that there were transition doors. Um, it just puts you in first person. It puts oh, you in first right. person, yeah, and then like a first person. It was kind of like an homage to the door opening animation. Like it wasn't all black; yeah. you could still see, you know, the other right. side of it. But it kind of like went into first person, showed you the door, and then it opened slowly, and you went through it, and then it switched back. Yeah, I think just quick cutting to another camera in the next room would work. And then if you go back through a threshold, it quick cuts to the other camera. Just simple as that. 
there's plenty of games, old games that do that kind of system where there's not loading doors or anything like that. Yeah. It'd be, it'll be interesting to play in that way. I really, I still really hope there's a first person mode because this game would be pretty sick in first person. I'm sure there will be. I mean, they already, it's all set up for it. Unless, you know, we play through the main game and we stumble across an area that's like, oh shit, this will never work in first person. Yeah. Well. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's something that Capcom should have done without mods. Like you, you play through the game the way it's intended and then they give you a first person mode and a third person fixed camera mode. Well, as far as we know, that's might be a thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, this game, I can see why this game took this amount of time. It's It's not just Resident Evil... It's not a remake like Resident Evil 1. It, this game is like... I mean, this game is built from the ground up. Yeah, well, it I mean, is. the Resident Evil 1 remake was built from the ground up, too. They just kept the old mechanics. Now they've changed. They've done everything that the original remake did. You know, keeping areas familiar, but changing stuff up so that people who played the original don't still don't really well, know what's going a, on. There's a lot and of then cool adding aspects. a lot of new mechanics, too. Yeah, there's a lot of cool aspects like that where you go through a hallway and you're like, oh, this is, I know this hallway. This It looks exactly the same, but there's like an extra door now or like... Uh, and some stuff is the same. In, like a lot of the doors that need a spade key are the same. Right. And it's just, so you, it's a lot of little subtle things that are actually really nice too. Like there's no descriptions. Like in the original, you walk up to a door and it's like, uh, there's a there's an engraving of a spade. Right, well, but in this game, it, it zooms up and it's mm-hmm. there's like a little animation of you trying to open the door, and you actually see the marking of the spade on the door, and it yeah. does that with everything. It doesn't tell you anything; it just shows it to you. Like you go down and try to open a door with a chain on it, and it's just it zooms in on the, the chain. chain. Yeah. So well, the, I think the liquor is a great example of how they're playing with expectations. You know, when you first go through that hallway that you normally go through, it looks the exact same. You you go it even. The camera even focuses kind of on that. Like when you go around, you can't help but see that window. Yeah, and you see all the scratch and bl- scratch marks and yeah, blood on the you, wall. Like you leading go up to through the that hallway. You go through that hallway and you see like the guy on the ground, and he's clearly been sliced by a liquor. Right? It's almost like that guy got there before you did and went through the original scenario that Leon went through in Resident Evil Two, except this guy didn't make it because. <laughs> yeah. There's a guy that's like, uh, <laughs> there's a guy that's like hung up on a freaking, I don't even know how, I guess liquors are intelligent. I, I don't know. Well, that, I don't, that wasn't the liquor hallway. Technically that was the room after the liquor hallway. That first room you go into where the original liquor was, there's still, I think there's, yeah, there's still like someone there. That's the guy when you like, you hear the radio and you push his head back and it shows off their wet gore thing. Yeah, and then right above him there, above that club key door, oh, you're is, right. that is, it, is a guy it? hanging on his like his on a pipe by his mouth. You know, he's he's got that Resident Evil Seven treatment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you expect it. You ex- you even expect it to like maybe come out around the corner of the door or something instead of being up on the roof because you you want to look up and see if it's there, but it's not. And then you come around this, there's this doorway that leads into the next area, which there's no door transition to it like there was in the original game. It's just open. And there's a giant claw mark on this metal, like, 
you know, uh, the doors siding has like this giant claw mark and it's bent in. You go around and you start going forwards and you get a nice little jump scare from a zombie in the window and she chases you and you don't see a liquor through all of that until later on when you're upstairs and then you finally see one run across a window and that's the moment where you're like, yeah, oh, Leon's shit. like, what the fuck was that? And, and you, that's another nice aspect they added is Leon talks to himself. Like, yeah. he'll be going through and be like, you got this. Right? He'll be like, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> oh, shit. It's kind of cool. The, 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 you don't get to see a liquor in, I mean, you get to see it, but you don't get to deal with a liquor in the demo. But there's, after you see it in that window and you go into this up this room right next to the library, it's like you can hear it moving around. Like it's ready for you. Like you're going to have to deal with it. And you, there's a part where you got to get like a, there's C4 and you got to get some kind of detonator, but like you don't get to do that in the demo. So I'm assuming it's on the other side of that because if you look through the, the, like the bars on the other side, there's a couple corpses there that have been. Like, oh, there's a lot. But if you read the note right behind it, it's from irons and he's the one who was keeping them all in there. And he's talking yeah. about how he wants to fuck with them and give a gun to, to one guy and tell him that if he kills the guy next to him, you know, and I guess something played out there, because I'm, I guarantee you, as soon as you go through that door, they're all going to wake up, or oh, you're going to, or you think they're going to wake up and they're not, and then you're going to pick up an item, and then after you pick up the item, they're all going to wake up. I think but that, see, that's the thing; it's them. actually really hard to tell if zombies are dead. Like, I, honestly, I think you're oh, right. I love that. Yeah. I don't think they're dead until their heads explode, because there are times Absolutely. when, like, you you shoot them in the head three times or something, they fall over, and then you wait, and they don't get back up. And, you know, so we played we played with infinite ammo a little bit. And, like, you can keep shooting them in the head. And sometimes their head pops. And sometimes you can just keep shooting them. And it's the, they'll get random. up. Yeah, it seems really random. So, yeah, if you're looking for, um, you know, like a pool of blood to appear underneath the zombies to confirm no, that they're dead, that's yet. not a thing. <laughs> I think maybe the head pop is a low percentage chance. And maybe the more shots you put in, the higher the percentage the percentage goes up. Well, really here's slowly. the thing: is like when he had infinite ammo. Like when I downed a zombie and like walked over him, seeing who, if he would bite me, he didn't bite me, and I kept shooting him in the head. And a few times their heads exploded while they were on the ground, and other times they yeah. just never did. So I don't know if those ones where the head exploded, they were still alive, or I think it's or just what. a low percentage chance, and it's just triggering. Uh, because I put twenty rounds into a guy's head before it finally exploded. I found that the best way to deal with the zombies were cutting off their limbs because that was more consistent with uh, how many shots it would take to pop off a limb. Uh, but the, even then, I don't know if that kills them because I, you know, I've, you know, we got reports from Monty. I didn't do it personally, but Monty said he knocked off all the limbs of a zombie and it was just wriggling on the ground while Leon was swearing at it. <laughs> like, so that's interesting. It's really, I, I really like the idea that you don't know if a zombie's dead. You put it down and it can become a danger. Like Because one of the things you want to do in a game like this is clear your corners. You want to make sure your back's clear so that if you're dealing with, okay, there's a couple zombies up ahead. There was a couple times where I would down a couple zombies and then know that up ahead there's probably going to be a couple that come out from somewhere. So I wanted to deal with this guy first. I think a good example is right in the beginning when that guy comes through that first window after you deal after you pull the dude apart and you kill the one at the door that guy comes through the window well the guy that you killed at the door can get up behind you and now you got two zombies on if you run down the hallway to get away from him without dealing with him now you got these guys in front of you and you got the ones coming up from behind you and you can quickly get surrounded yeah so, that i definitely experienced that a few times where like i was pretty sure that a zombie was dead 
and then I go up and fight more zombies, and I'm like, oh shit. Where did he come from? <laughs> yeah, and then they are like behind me, they're just up again. They're chasing me down. So that's why I think that unless you can never be sure, they always have a potential to come back to life unless their head explodes. And yeah. as far as I can tell, there's no there's no way to burn them with like a lighter and gas like there was in the original remake. Yeah, right. I I think they're using that mechanic just slightly, but they don't want to use the burning thing. I don't know. Maybe later on you'll get a weapon that does fire damage or something. Who knows? Yeah, and if you look in the key bindings, there's a um, there's an option to change ammo. So I think they're going to bring back the yeah. um, the uh, God, what Resident Evil Seven? Yeah, the Resident Evil Seven thing of having like enhanced ammo handgun ammo. You can make your own ammo in this too, which is nice. Yeah, uh, that, that's making a comeback from Resident Evil Three. Uh, you don't need a reloading tool. Um, they they there's a file. And that tells you three different recipes for magnum ammo, shotgun ammo, and handgun ammo. But uh, there's there's got to be more than that. There's got to be more, yeah. Because um, uh, they tell you... It seems like they just they like that mechanic now, which I'm okay with. Yeah. Well, th- I mean, this one seems more like Resident Evil 3 because there's two types of gunpowder. We only see one in the demo, but the final references a yellow gunpowder yeah. that's like high-grade gunpowder. It's like a regular gunpowder plus a regular gunpowder is handgun ammo. Regular plus yellow is shotgun. Two yellows are magnum. But there's got to be other stuff, too. And it might be different for Claire, too. Like, there's got to be a way for Claire to make different kinds of grenade rounds. Maybe it'll be like Resident Evil 3, where you mix the grenade rounds with the gunpowder. Like, yeah. regular grenade, grenade rounds with gunpowder to make something else. Well, it's it's original. It's Resident Evil 2, so I'm, I'm assuming... I mean, they don't have the chemical plus the green herbs makes the liquid shit, so... Um, obviously that's like some future stuff uh, because this is a remake of the second one. They're just doing the mix the two green herbs to make. Oh yeah. And there's a good possibility. There's going to be more mixtures you can make with herbs now because like green still does what it's supposed to. And red plus green still does what it's supposed to like every other game. But a file tells you that blue plus red increases your constitution, which I'm not a hundred percent sure what that means, but I think that means you just get yeah permanent health. And that also tells uh, me you're not going to find a whole lot of blue herbs. (laughs) <laughs> Similar to yellow herbs, right? From uh, which one was it? Um, shit, four. Yeah. Was it yeah, four? but see, usually you can mix three herbs together in old games, like green, red, blue, or green, 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 blue. So what happens now when you mix like blue, blue, red, or blue, red, red? I don't know. <laughs> right? Like I just I I gotta get in there. I'm gonna try this shit. Get in there and try. It. Yeah, they don't give you enough of the herbs. That you don't get any blue herbs in the demo to test that. Yeah, and there's no real health bar, but I will say well, that you still have your condition meter when bites, you go to your inventory. Yeah, after about and it does pop up when you get low on condition. When your condition changes, it pops up in the bottom left of your screen, uh, just for a brief moment to let you know. That's nice. Uh, yeah, and the other thing I about got the chewed, uh, I got chewed on twice by a zombie in the beginning, the very first time I played, and I had already hit like caution. So there, it's also like a smooth gradient. Like in the old games, it was. Green is fine, yellow caution, orange caution, red caution. But I've uh, I've been in fine, condition fine, and still had it be like almost yellow. Yeah. Which well, is good because always... the way it used to work is that anything above 50% was, was fine. fine. Yeah, and you never knew. You'd just have to eat something. Yeah. yeah. And, I, I mean, even though you kind of had like a little Fitbit on your hand in Resident Evil 7... You mostly just went by how much blood was on the screen, which I wasn't really a huge fan of. Yeah. So this is kind of a nice throwback that is like a smooth transition from red to green and, you know, kind of exactly how much health you have and whether to use one green herb or two. And yeah, 
honestly, Resident Evil 7 just should have had it where your arm comes up and looks at it every time it changes, but well, like just like, sights it for a second, but whatever. Uh, yeah, this is, I mean, this is going forward in the, this is going forward in the right direction for the Resident Evil series. I think this game will bring a lot of people into Resident Evil. I mean, firstly, there's the hype with Resident Evil 7. A lot of people played it that never were really into Resident Evil games. But this remake, oh man, it, it feels more I mean, like it's Resident nothing Evil but success 7. for them from this point because you already yeah. got people like me who, even if All the reviews they... come out and it sucks, I'm still going to play it and enjoy it. But there's no way it's going to and... suck. I mean, like, the only way it could suck is if these people don't know what the hell they're talking about. Like, I get that there's opinions and everything, but sometimes opinions can be wrong. <laughs> as, yeah, most as, times. As proved by our last podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, like, all they have to do from this point is Well, just they already confirmed Resident Evil 8. Like well, I'm sure, but all I'm saying, like, all they have to do at, at this point, aside from Resident Evil 8, is just remake all the old, old games in this fashion. Hey, I've said it for a long time. Every 10 years, they should just ma- remake one through Code Veronica. Like this is uh, like I it's weird. Resident see. Evil, like the originals, have like a pretty niche fan base, but it's like uh, for some reason they like I never thought that Resident Evil would get as big as it got. <clears throat> they already have a lot of assets to work with to rebuild Resident Evil Four. Now, obviously, there's ones that deserve remakes more. So I'd love to see Nemesis next. That would be great. Oh, yeah, uh, that would be great now, especially because that was a more action-based <laughs> Resident Evil anyway. That was less about conserving ammo and, and more about killing next everything. It's also in line, right? Like, that's, yeah, it's I mean, I'm still holding out a, a sliver of hope that they're going to include a Resident Evil 3 ma- remake as a bonus to Resident Evil 2, but eh, yeah, I don't think they this, would when they could point, just sell it as a full-price game later. Yeah, at this point, it doesn't look like it because this game is so... I don't know, man. There's so much changed in this game from the original in terms of just layout and the concept. I mean, you know, you, you take the original where you first meet Marvin or whatever in in a side room, and then you never see him again. And this one, he's with you the whole time. Like, he's in the lobby talking to you, give, like, guiding you, giving you a, you know, it, it's not just you versus the man. Oh, yeah, and the facial animations during those conversations, Precinct. already <laughs> way better than Resident Evil 7. Yeah. Like it's it's some really good mocap they got going on. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It, it it I want I'm also what I'm actually hopeful for, which I think is a more realistic hopefulness. Um, I don't think you're going to get a Resident Evil Three uh, hidden bonus thing in this, but what I would like to see and what I think is possible is an original version, like a like a version of the game that you unlock where it's like Leon B or something. And it's the original version of the game in this engine. The, the layout, the enemy layouts, the, the way the story goes. All of it. Uh, I think they could get away with Well, that. at first they said they weren't going to do an A-B scenario thing. It was just going to be Leon and Claire. But I think they went back on that and they actually are going to have Leon A and B and Claire A and B. Maybe. You know, Resident Evil 2, one scenario was pretty short. I know they're going to have Hunk in it, too, from that trailer at the end. Yeah, that'll be a bonus game of some kind. And, and Tofu, tofu is going to be the same thing as Hunk, but with a knife only. I think it'll be easier in this one. Uh, the knife seems to be stronger in this uh, game. So, I don't know. 
I mean, if it's along the same lines of the original, it's, you're still not going to have enough ammo to make it past all the enemies, and you're just going to have to run. Probably, yeah. It, I mean, it sounds easy, but it, it might actually be easier to run by zombies mm-hmm. in the original. Yeah. And, well, you know. But the I, thing I, you I couldn't do that. in the original was shoot him in the head once and run by him. You know, you had to stop and shoot him like three, four times to get him to stagger. Honestly, my only complaint about this demo, uh, and this doesn't happen very often, but my only complaint about this demo is the 30-minute timer and that there's not enough of the game. Uh, I would have liked to include the some of the outside portion. But... Well, to be fair, the game comes out in two weeks. If this was That's like true. two months out, yeah. But hey, it's not as bad as the uh, Resident Evil 6 demo. You never played it, but um, you know the first part of Leon scenario in Resident Evil 6 where you can't do anything? Yeah. Or like you can only walk at first and then you can aim, but you can't shoot. And then you can't sprint, you know, and they slowly unlock your your shooting and mobility and all that. Right. That was the whole fucking demo. Just <laughs> like when you get to uh, the part in the parking lot where you kill all the zombies. After that, it's over. That's everything up until that point. So it was really frustrating. Yikes. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad they didn't do that shit. Uh, yeah, that's, I don't have much more to say about that. I, I'm sure we'll talk in length about Resident Evil 2 Remake right after we play it, uh, that podcast after. But here's what I will say. I guess we'll have to interrupt our gameplay for two hours to do a podcast, maybe do it live or something. But what I will say is if you haven't played the demo yet and you plan on playing it, uh, if you don't get yourself, get your hands on the trainer, just play the game and immerse yourself. Don't worry about beating it. You, get, you literally get nothing for beating it, and you don't even feel, it doesn't even feel good to beat it. You just feel like you want more. So just take your time and enjoy Yeah, and I got, the first time I played on PlayStation, I got tricked into beating it. So when you pick up the spade key, just make sure that when you open up doors with the key, that you just kind of push the door open a little and see what's out there. And if it's the lobby where Marvin is, don't fucking go out there. Yeah. Never go back to the, yeah. Once you get the spade key, never go back to the lobby. Uh, that ends, that ends the demo and you have to start all over again. But, uh, from the, the first time I played, it took us 47 minutes before we beat it. And I played with the idea of just immersing myself and having a good time. And the demo probably would have ended before I got to the library which is a little unfortunate because the library is a cool little segment where you see some changes and you, you can put things together and realize, oh, this is what you're going to have to do instead of, you know, doing some kind of puzzle to get access to some kind of lockbox. Now you can, now it's about getting across or whatever. So just, uh, if you, I would say get the trainer and then play it without worrying about a timer and just play around with everything and enjoy it. But if you don't want to do that or can't, just, just enjoy it. Just immerse yourself because the game is, the trainer's really worth it. I mean, between trying to see how fast you can beat it and doing everything there is to do and really like looking at everything and you know, digging deep into that one little area they give there's probably two hours of gameplay there. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you play through the demo once, like I said, if you speed run it, yeah, like three minutes you can just speed run it. But um trying to like do everything, see everything, it takes about forty five minutes. There's Four or five a lot minutes of useless to an hour. items and things like that that are not necessary that you're going to want to put in your box and stuff like that. Uh, that's a lot of time I did spend going back and forth putting stuff in the only box that we had access to. Yep, and you start you start with six stuff. inventory spaces, and it seems like you do get quite a few 
increases to that. Um, in the demo, they give you one and it gives you two more inventory slots. So I'm guessing they're just going to keep increasing her inventory by two as you find more of these pouches. I mean, Leon's going to be like covered in little hit pouches, I guess, yeah, by the, the end of it. The yeah, the shotgun feels great, too, if you can get your hands on that. Yeah, it's uh, not it's not blowing that hard the to do. legs off of enemies and shooting their heads off is just so so enjoyable. <clears throat> and it's the and same handgun, the same shotgun from the original the first time. See, I didn't use the shotgun the first time because you don't get a ton of ammo for it. But I didn't use it the first time because I was assuming that we were going to have to fight a liquor. So I was like, I'm going to hold on to this for the liquor because I'm not going to carry. It. You know, I did the Resident Evil Two thing where you carry around your handgun and your bullets. And then you carry around the shotgun loaded, but you put the bullets away so you can have more space to carry stuff. Yeah. So, so I wasn't wasting the shotgun on enemies. Uh, but after I beat it and came back, that's when. The thing I'm when. curious about is like, there's a lot of ammo that they give you in the demo. Like I had just yeah. stacks of fucking ammo that I just never used, and I was killing everything. So uh, there might be difficulty settings. Well, there's definitely going to be difficulty settings, but like when you die in the demo, because I want to see a death animation, so I went and died. It asks you if you want to make the game easier by making the enemies weaker and you have more health, and it also adds aim assist. So there's definitely going to be difficulty settings, and it's definitely going to give you that option when you die if you have it on too hard of a difficulty. That's um, the Kojima method when you die and it gives you a chicken hat because you're yeah. an idiot. But are, is there going to be that much ammo in the final version, or are they just making making the demo more enjoyable for, for people? Right. Because, I don't know, Resident Evil, it's one of those games that does that thing where it gives you a ton of shit. And you're like, man, I am so well prepared. And then you enter one fucking room and it's all gone. And you're you're back to, yeah. like, conserving shit. <laughs> it's, it makes you feel like, uh, I, could, I could take over the whole goddamn world with this thing. <laughs> fucking four <laughs> zombies later. It's like, well, there goes 75 handgun bullets. Yep. Feels bad, man. <laughs> now, the thing that kind of got me is that you, you can dodge zombies, but it's not as easy as in the old ones. And the game kind of, because you're Leon and the graphics are modern, it, it kind of gave me that Resident Evil 6 vibe, not in a bad way, but, you know, just the way, you know, there's zombies and you're Leon and blah, blah, blah. So the zombies didn't come off as much of a threat to me because I was like, oh, I'll just fucking slide and dive and shoot and... And then I'm like, all oh, right, you can't do that. I just have to straight up run by them. Mm -hmm. And they get you. And it seems like they added a lot of different animations. Like they took yeah. into account like where you're running and how the zombie grabbed you. Because I got grabbed and bit. And then I got grabbed and bit from behind. And Leon elbows him in the face and yeah, like I stumbles away. I never that half grab either that you were getting. Yeah, him. and I got a half grab where I was sprinting by. And the zombie just reached out with one hand and grabbed my arm. And then I got a little prompt to use my knife. And then... Leon broke free and just kind of stumbled away. So there's a, there's a lot going on here. It's going to be pretty realistic in terms of enemy interaction, I think. There's also different zombies which seem to behave differently in terms of... So there's fat zombies. There's fat guy zombies, which... Um, I don't know if they do more damage or what, but they definitely take more shots. I don't kill. think I saw the same zombie twice, actually. I think they're all unique. I don't know about that. The, it was definitely that same guy and girl in that hallway. Uh, well, I mean, every time segment. every time you play through, it'll be the same zombies. But like, I didn't see that guy and girl anywhere else in the demo. Oh, I get what you're saying. I, I don't know. I mean, there are a few cops, and they all wear the same uniforms, which makes sense. But I think I saw the fat zombie twice. 
uh well maybe not he might have been like a different color like one was a black guy one was a white guy yeah i'm not saying that you're not going to find you know just a one cop zombie or one fat zombie but they're they're definitely their faces are a little different and they're wearing different clothes sometimes like the fat zombie was the janitor well if anything i think that they separated out enough to where if if you get another one that looks the same you're not going to notice it because it's been so many zombies ago yeah it definitely i mean i get what you're saying and absolutely it definitely feels like it's a different zombie every time and there's also in the options menu um you can change the color of your laser sight and none of the guns you get in the demo have a laser sight so um and it's also weird because if you go and you examine your handgun in your inventory it says that it's non-standard issue and it wasn't used like out in public because it has problems which makes me think that you're going to get different versions of these guns, kind of like Resident Evil I think 7. You'll get upgrades too. Um, like in 2. In 2, two you had upgrades. I think they're going to be upgrades. One yeah, Leon had upgrades. I think with the way the game works, when you sight in, at least with a mouse, uh, your crosshairs are kind of spread out and you can miss a lot unless they're up close. And then after a couple of seconds, if you don't move, like maybe like one second, it tightens in. I think upgrades are going to lessen the amount of time it takes for that and maybe even where you can move and it and it does that i don't know yeah and the other thing i'm kind of curious about is i this is anecdotal but it seemed like when i shot zombies in the head when the reticle was all the way closed in that i got headshots more like head explosions more often that might be the case because i've rarely got headshots and i was always shooting with the reticle open yeah, and the good thing is it doesn't fall victim to that thing where um, your bullets go outside the crosshair. It seems like... Yeah, they're in the crosshairs. And it's reasonable. I mean, the size of the crosshair compared to how far away you are from the zombies, it's like, yeah, that seems to be about the effective range of a handgun, you know? Well, especially if you're firing it off in a... In a it's supposed to simulate an intense situation, you know? Like, oh shit, it's close. I gotta shoot this thing in the head. Yeah, that's... yeah. You're not going to be breathing perfectly and, you know, siding up your sights perfectly. I mean, if it's one thing to anybody that's played VR knows or anybody that's shot an actual gun knows, it's one thing to stand, especially in VR, because you can do this. You can't really do this at a fucking gun range in real life, but it's one thing to stand and aim at a target and put the sights on there and even practice. I mean, it takes a lot of practice to to just know how to look at the target and and look at, and see your gun and you're going to get that double vision bit if you're not looking directly at the gun or using or like closing one eye but you, you got to train yourself not to close one eye and instead look at the the right image of your double vision that you're getting on that gun and eventually you'll get that but it's really hard to do that in a in a situation where you got to shoot quickly where you got to draw your gun up and shoot quickly you know you do that in vr you stand in front of a a thing and shoot it it works every time you get good clustering but then as soon as you go into an intense situation where you got to quickly shoot something you're going to do a lot of missing because a lot of your aiming is just kind of ballpark you just yeah. kind of bringing it up and, and shooting in the general direction uh and i i think that simulates it really well for a game that's not using iron sights or anything like that yeah so i had a really good time with the demo i might go back and play it again before I think I'll wait. Release. Yeah, I think I'll wait a week or two before I go. I think I'll do like a fresh up replay on it right before uh, the game comes out. After maybe playing the original Resident Evil Two, or maybe right before playing original Resident Evil Two. I don't know. It's gonna be a long well, two weeks. 
I can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't really have any serious complaints so far from the demo. If the game is just more of the demo, I mean, there was I'll a little hitching and stuff, but I mean, that's been happening with uh, D Doom as well. I think that might be an OBS issue. I don't. I know. mean, I didn't have any trouble. And I, it, I don't think it was anything in the game specifically. I mean, I'm surprised because what I think is going on, like when we played Tabletop Simulator, um, the first time when I was having those frame rate issues in OBS, yeah. uh, I had picked play the DirectX 11 beta version, and the second time after I got done playing Call of Duty and came back. I just did regular. Uh, so when I did DirectX 11, it was a lot smoother for me, but OBS was dropping frames. And then when I picked the regular version, it was choppy for me, but OBS was fine. Yeah. So I think it has something to do with DirectX 11. Probably. For some reason. Which kind of sucks because a lot of shit uses DirectX 11. Yeah. OBS maybe, is really going to get their shit together. Maybe they put out an update to DirectX 11 that just is problem a problem. Like it's got problems with it. Especially if you stream. Specifically if you stream, maybe. I don't yeah. know. It's weird. Well, it was it was fun, though. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Look forward to playing the game uh, on the 25th. And uh, we're going to be doing a long weekend. My vacation time's approved, so uh, Thursday night I'll be streaming late. Hopefully uh, the game comes out at midnight. If it's going to come out at, like, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Friday, like the demo did. You know, I might take a nap and then wake up and I'm going to be playing it as soon as it comes out. Like the, the minute it comes out, I'll be playing it. And then we're going all weekend. I got that Friday off. I got Saturday off, Sunday off. Sunday's my birthday, Monday off. So all the way through with some sleep breaks and some poopy breaks and some eating breaks. Yeah. It's going to be a good weekend. No wife breaks. Yeah. <laughs> you hear that? <laughs> None of that either. They know. I've I've prepared her. <clears throat> Listen, you know. Sometimes sacrifices have to be made in relationships. You know? Yeah. When do I get if to she... do what I want to do? Why am I the only one sacrificing? Anybody that's ever watched a stupid rom-com understands that these women have to be able to let us go and have us come back. <laughs> <laughs> if it's meant to be, if it's we'll come back. If it's meant to be, we'll come back. Uh. <clears throat> oh, and by the way, if you play the demo and you want to see the outdoors, uh, make sure you go out the front of the police station before you go through the shutter. Otherwise, it'll be barricaded. Because uh, the outside looks really good. You don't get to play in the streets at all. Not which yet. Which I'm sure you do in the main game. But right, yeah. It looks really nice. God, and they then cut out Leon's the wet for all the cutscenes. That would be a shame. I seriously doubt. Well, I, I, I think you actually end up going back out into the streets at some point. Because there's gameplay footage of Leon running around the streets with Ada. Right. The, I mean, like I said, they've added stuff in this that wasn't in the original. And I thought it was just going to be a couple segments, but no, it's pretty much the whole fucking game, I think. Oh, well, this is what I was going to say before. Um, Resident Evil 2, the original, like, if you just play through one scenario, it's actually a really short game. Yeah. I mean, you could speed run that game in under an hour. It's probably one of the shorter Resident Evils, and I think the reason is that, you know, they had, Resident Evil 2 was almost done. It was like 90% done, and then they scrapped it and started over. So when they started over, they made a shorter game. 
Um, but that's why they have four scenarios. That's why you have Leon A, Leon B, Claire A, Claire B. Because playing all those probably makes the game around eight to ten hours. Yeah. Right? So you're supposed to play them all. This one, um, the, the, that shit's not going to fly in this day and age. I can just picture Angry well, Joe three hours. You can you can absolutely tell that uh, the developers kind of fell in love with this project because. They talked about how they want this to be more of a Leon backstory and flesh that out a little bit, but also you can just tell like they've the fact that they didn't just carbon copy it and just do what the game already was and just make it prettier and play better is evidence that they must have fell in love with this from the get go and were like, let's do something different. Let's do let's make it truly a remake. Let's make it how we think it should have been the first time around. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of legendary, you know, it's, it's like the original, there's probably new people at Capcom that fucking love Resident Evil 2 and they've been Japanese dying to work developers. on it. This is what I love about Japanese developers. Uh, if you look at the intro segment we were talking about in the, in the first game, you get a fucking medallion and you put it on the statue and it moves a little bit and boom, a key drops out. You get this key laying down upstairs somewhere on somebody's desk makes more sense to be there. But if you look at sketches from some of these notebooks that these guys draw in the game. Oh, yeah, there's uh, drawing in the files now. Yeah, there's a drawing where underneath the statue, there's you need three medallions now. And underneath the statue is like underground shit. You're going to go underground in underneath that statue. So that's like a completely new area. Or maybe it connects to some of the old area. But I wonder how so, much like, more they're going to do with that. Because this whole time, you know, they're... If you read the files, like they were holding out in the police station and then started running, you know, people started dying. They started running out of resources and they got desperate. And this one cop, Elliot, decides to, you know, go on a wild goose chase looking for this fabled underground passage that leads out of the police station. Yeah. And that's why there's, you know, that underground thing underneath the statue. It's not just like, oh, the key to my office is in that fucking statue again. Where's the goddamn unicorn metal? Right. <laughs> that doesn't really make any fucking sense. So I wonder if they're going to yeah. keep doing stuff like that. Make where... Just stuff that's more interesting, like secret passages being behind crazy puzzles and stuff instead of stupid little keys that you require to get around the precinct all the time. Yeah, yeah. that's that's great. And this is this sets a precedent. And what I was going on about, what I love about Japanese developers is they work much harder than Western developers. And yes, come at me. I'm saying that right now. Blizzard is remaking Warcraft 3 and the game. It looks like it's going to be great. For people that's never played it, for people like me that got started on that game when it comes to Warcraft, like it looks great. But I guarantee, goddamn to you, and I might be, maybe my foot's in my mouth right now, and it's gonna fucking. But I guarantee you that this game, that Blizzard is not gonna change hardly anything at all in terms of major changes in this remake. It more, it's more like a remaster. They call it a reforge. If you look at Japanese developers, they're currently setting a standard. You know, you have this remake coming out for Resident Evil that is legitimately an actual remake. It's not just a touch-up or put on a different engine. You got Final Fantasy VII, where they're remaking <clears throat> Final Fantasy VII on a different engine, but it's it's not going to be the same exact game. They're going to... I'm sure the story will be similar, but they're changing the battle system to be what Seeker was looking for in Final Fantasy XV, where it's going to be more action-packed and not turn-based and stuff like that. That kind of stuff is a new standard for remakes. And it's, <clears throat> I think, 
I think it's uh, it's a shame that these Western developers aren't getting on top of stuff. Hey, like I'm this. just glad that Capcom so took the advice of a 12-year-old seeker and uh, decided to remake <laughs> the original Resident Evil. I'm glad it's working out for him. I, I, Look for that email, Capcom. It's there. It's very sad that there's very few good Japanese developers anymore. Like Most Japanese development studios have disappeared or vanished uh, if they haven't gone crazy. You know, like fucking Namkai or Bandai Namco or whatever. Yeah. Like those guys have gone fucking insane. <laughs> you know, you got Kojima, you got Capcom, and then you have uh, Square. And that's really it right now. I'm sure I'm missing somebody, but. Well, I mean, you still have the indie devs. Like you got Shinji Mikami's Tango Gameworks. Yeah, it does even That's with what it, I mean but... is like it's a process of. Like from software, it even feels like it's going away slightly, you know. Well, they got it that new like... game coming out. Oh, you know what else comes out next week? <laughs> Onamusha Warlords. I don't know if you ever played Onamusha. Yeah, I played Onamusha. Yeah, well, <clears throat> that uh, remaster is coming out on PC next week. I just feel like a time. lot of good game developers are disappearing. You know, the guy that did Shenmue, he's he's obviously indie now. Uh, it feels like From Software is going that way eventually. I know they got a new title coming out, but. It's really a niche game. Dark Souls has kind of always been a niche game. It's popular to be talked about, but not many people actually play it. Um, and the people that do stick with that game are like the worst douchebags ever with their fucking PvP community bullshit. Yeah. Like, it's not a PvP game. PvP. Nobody play. No, stop it. I see videos all the time. PvP, yeah, great. No, it's not. It's lame. Terrible. Yeah, they, you know, they successfully in Dark Souls 3 made NPCs that behave like players, you don't need to do PvP with shitty connections anymore. Yeah. You have that. You already have that feeling. It's never a fair fight either. Like there's so many connection issues that people hit you when you're way far away from them and you can like lop someone's head off and your sword goes right through them. Yep. <clears throat> it's not even a, a test of skill. <clears throat> But that's it for I mean, uh, until we play it, there's not much more to be said about it. It's great. It's we spent about an hour talking about the demo, so be prepared for a very long podcast after Resident well, Evil. I don't know. I, again, the podcast is going to be on the Sunday that we're going to be playing the fucking yeah, game. Yeah, we might so. We might just wait until the Sunday <laughs> after that. Well, well, maybe we'll just interrupt and just fucking talk about it for an hour or two or something. It'll be a specifically Resident Evil podcast. I think... At that point, we will have beaten the game a couple times. I don't and, know, uh, man. It might be longer than you think. I think you're especially if there's four scenarios. We'll see. I think you're misunderstanding our abilities. We play six hours a night, and we beat most games in two nights. I uh, mean, I've beaten the original remake twice in one night. I mean, yeah. it's but this is our first playthrough. It's not going to... I mean, yeah, sure, you could course, probably speedrun it pretty quick. But, but we're starting on like a Thursday, right? Isn't that when the game comes out? Or well, it comes out on Friday. So we will have already played for 48 hours. Yep. It'll probably be one of those things where we wake up from sleeping and then we do a podcast. <laughs> and then go back to playing the game right afterwards. And cut the podcast short so we can play the game somewhat. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, long two weeks. All right, so the next thing on the agenda, uh, Bundy split. Bungie has split with Activision. I like Bundy better. It really Al encapsulates their, how fucking terrible of a of a developer they are. 
Everybody's giving Bungie a pass because of this. Like, yeah, they're disconnecting from Activision. I'm pretty sure Activision let go of Bungie. Yeah. Uh, they had a 10-year contract, and the only way that you're going to get out of a contract is either paying a big, hefty amount of money or, for some reason, the person you're in contract in nego- is willing to negotiate you to get let go. And, and at the same time, Activision <clears throat> gave them the rights to Destiny. Because Activision owned the Destiny. Yeah, and a couple months ago, it, you know, Activision even said that they're not happy with the performance of Destiny so far. Right. And Bungie was like, well, we are. We're happy with it. Yeah, okay. So I think this is Activision saying, go ahead. Take it. Uh, this is the end of Bungie. Anyways. Yeah, this is the end of Bungie. Uh, well, hold on. So firstly, Activision, when, when a company like Activision comes out and says they're not happy with Destiny, it means they're not making money. It means it's costing them more money than it's worth. So for them to let go of Bungie like that... Um, Bungie is going to have to depend on itself to make money now. Whereas beforehand, if let's say the Eververse wasn't doing so well, uh, Activision could step in and give them money to pay employees. Now Bungie's got to do that on their own. And I know a lot of people like to say, well, they have all this money from video games that they've sold. You, you don't understand how money works, okay? I mean, it costs a lot of fucking money to make a video game. You know, I always see people that, I see people like, and yeah, I'm going to call it names. I see people like Boogie and shit like that talking about how it's a $60 game. I know he's doing a character, but he he's, he's, he believes this shit when he talks about it. Like the idea that you bought a $60 game and so you shouldn't have to put any more money into it, but then at the same time, the game should still have support for online servers and updates. Or even and patches and stuff. Like, that. like in the it's old days, yeah, you paid one price title. for the game and that was it. It never got updated. It never yeah. got patched. If it was broken, it was broken. You fucking dealt with it. Exactly. And the only games that survived that kind of shit were games that had big mod communities. And I don't mean were moddable. I mean communities that were willing to mod the game. This is why Bethesda games have succeeded. And this is why a lot of people feel are, are a little bit uh, incorrect with their judgment on Bethesda. Is because if you go back to Morrowind and Oblivion, these games were broken. The only thing that made them playable was there was a large community of people that enjoyed these games and had modding capabilities. Because back then on the internet, most people, most kids, teenagers and stuff like that, they would just learn to do it themselves. I mean, most of the people that used computers in the 1990s and early 2000s, and even before that, obviously, knew how to build computers. They weren't buying gaming laptops like people do today, where it's like, I got a gaming laptop. I bought an Alienware Shit like that did not exist. Laptops were made for business. They weren't designed for video gaming. People built their own fucking rigs. And everything was hands-on. People learned how to do Photoshop. People learned how to do uh, you know, HTML. People learned how to do everything that they needed to do. Everything they needed, they learned to do themselves. It was like a Wild West internet. And these guys would mod the game to fix it because the developers weren't going to fix it. The developers were moving on to the next project. That's what it was like back then, because there was no way from a developer view, there was no way to secure, you know, you know, you have a, you have a publisher come to you and they say, look, here's a million dollars, just ballpark. I'm just making an example. It's very similar to movie publisher comes and says, here's a million dollars. Make the thing that you say you can make, because we as a publisher believe in your ability. Yeah, it's the same thing with writing, right? Like you start out as a writer and in your spare time, you write something and then you try to sell it to a publisher and then after you get a publisher on board that helps you sell the book, 
you know, if they think the book is good enough, if it's sold well enough, they pay well, they, you to write another yeah. book. And this is like in where all these classic like Alan Wake stories of like, oh, I'm, I, I can't write. I got writer's block. It's like and they're just moping around all day. Like, how do they make money? Their yeah. publisher. The publisher, the publisher pays them to write a book. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the same That's, thing with gaming. It's so, the same thing with movies. Yeah, it's the same exact thing. So, you know, you got a, a publisher comes along and either takes a chance or you've already proven yourself. And in the case of Bethesda, when it comes to something like Oblivion, they had already did Morrowind and Daggerfall and all that. So they, they were proven. So they get, you know, they it's it's easy for a develop for a publisher to give them money and say, yeah, make the be- next big hit, man. And they go out and they produce Oblivion and then the game sells. And they what happens is, let's say you get a million dollars from your publisher and then you make this game. The million dollars is for anything that you need to make that game, mostly paying employees because they those people have to eat through for the, you know, 12 to I mean, how, in nowadays it takes like five years. But back then it probably took like maybe a year to make a game. For the twelve months that somebody was having to to not, you know, produce anything as they were producing, they have to be fed. They have to eat. You know, they can't just come in and then go home and go work at their fucking other job. They can't do that. Yeah, kind of that's shit. and that's where early access comes in for a lot of these indie devs. They don't have yeah. a publisher. They have exactly. no way of making money as the game's being made. One hundred. So they throw something together, put it on early access, and use that money to you know eat and shit while they make the game. So understand that when you bitch about publishers, when you bitch about early access, you are killing the games industry by doing that. These indie developers need something like early access. They require it. When a game like Atlas comes out and it's got problems, but it's early access, those devs need that game to be in early access because they don't have any more money from ARC. They've gone through it paying employees. They're not going down buying Ferraris and shit. They're feeding their employees so that they can make something else because... They enjoy making video games, okay? That's that's how it works. Otherwise, they have to go get a regular job, and these games don't exist. And so, that's why Bungie, they've already um, jumped on the bandwagon of calling themselves an indie dev. And right. the thing is, they talk about it as if they had been an indie dev all along. It's like, motherfucker, like, no one knew who you were until Halo. Them. And Microsoft published them. that. So Here's, when were you ever indie? So what will you see out of Bungie? You'll either see way more microtransactions come into Destiny 2. That's what this means. Or it'll be way shittier and they'll get a pass because they're indie now. Well, I, they can't sustain <laughs> on that. There's no way they can sustain on that. I not know. This is what we were talking about last week, how indie devs always get a fucking pass on shitty bullshit oh. games. Of course. Uh, listen, I'm fine with an indie dev getting a pass on an early access because that's not the final product. Uh, I judge the final product. If I think I'm interested in a game enough to uh, subscribe to the early access of that game, then it's on me if I go into the game and it doesn't work. I've played plenty of early access games that don't work, and I've refunded them because I just I I want to spend my money elsewhere, and I'll come back to that game later. I like it, like a game like Hellion. I like Hellion. Uh, it's a little too broken for me to play right now and justify spending the money on it. So I'll wait till it's it comes out. And what does that mean? That means I probably have to pay a higher price for it. Well, that's just that's just how it goes. You know, if you bought into in, into Atlas, you only have to pay about thirty dollars right now. When it releases, it'll be sixty. And that's that's the developers thanking you for helping them out along the way. You are the publisher. It's no different than kickstarting or 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 anything like that. Now, when it comes to Bungie, if they don't put more microtransactions into Destiny, that studio will die. 
what you'll more than likely going to see is Bungie's going to do the same thing it did after fucking Microsoft. They already did this once before. We want to go off on our own. And what did they do? They got picked up by Act. Yeah. Because keep in mind that Bungie has lost several high up employees in the last couple of months because of all this. So this isn't like this isn't like uh, all of Bungie is rallied together against Activision, the the oppressor. This is shits going downhill in the Bungie Studios department, and the the people that are there think they can do a better job. The, the lower level people think they can do a better I'll, job. I'll than bet the you. A, that are, I'll bet you a lot of money that Activision was ready to fucking dissolve Bungie, and Bungie somehow begged and got their way. Just just let us go. If anybody's ever ever worked in a group with a group of people like a guild or a clan or anything like that and and you like a group of officers skedaddles okay and gets the fuck out of there and then you have these lower people that never did anything they never like worked hard maybe one officer's left behind but all these people that never really worked hard or did anything suddenly go up right they, they move up that ladder but they don't have any skills at running a guild that's what's going to happen to Bungie. What happens to those guilds is going to happen here. It's a slow death because as soon as the ship starts sinking and the captain jumps, <laughs> okay, the, the rats don't know any better to get off the fucking ship. It just, they, they're just there. Now, I think personally Bungie will cave and get picked up by another studio. You already have Microsoft coddling their ball sack, right? Like, you got these developers, and that's what really pisses me off, is these other publishers coming out going, good for you. They don't give a fuck. They're just, that's PR, man. Yeah, when fucking Microsoft's is, head fucking guy comes PR out, that's just PR. Spinning. I mean, everyone is like, yeah, good for Bungie. And Bungie's even released their thing saying, like, we split from Activision. We decided to, no, you know, go out. Yeah, no, they didn't. They don't have the money to buy themselves out of a contract with Activision. And Activision certainly wouldn't give them the rights to Destiny if it was worth anything. That's just not how shit works. And all these fucking kids don't understand that. Like you, you have to learn shit before you start talking about it. Okay, this is a big tip. Take a big tip from me. I mean, you got Activision in charge of Blizzard, not in charge, but they're publishing Blizzard now. And Blizzard's got a lot of shit going on. And Activision, like, compare Destiny, right? Destiny two, and how much money that made. Compared to all of Blizzard IPs, why would you even give Bungie the time of day? You know, right. it's just you, not fucking worth it for them anymore. They're like, oh, we got to keep Blizzard Destiny too. Yeah, whatever. Destiny. We don't give a fuck about Destiny. Keep the shit. It was supposed to be this amazing thing because you're Bungie and people love Halo and you're this giant studio that does this thing. So we brought you in. You did Destiny 1. It was a bit of a flop in the beginning, but then you turned it around and made it something great, and then you did the same fucking thing with Destiny 2. I better believe Activision is pissed, okay? Because we go back to talking about that taking a chance thing versus people that versus working with a developer that has proven itself. Bungie was supposed to be proven. Activision picked up this juggernaut that had produced Halo. Regardless of what you think about Halo, it was successful. People loved it. So much so that Microsoft kept the rights to it and still makes those games today under different developers. Okay. They bring in this Bungie studio and they even touted it around like, look, look what we got. And then they, they make this game that's basically Halo Online, which has, I mean, they didn't even really do anything original. Like Most of the enemies are the same, <laughs> whatever. I mean, so it they, took me all of 10 seconds after seeing the original Destiny trailer to 
put it together. It's like this this looks like Halo. This the is physics, probably what they want. The guns yeah. look similar, the enemies look the same, the probably physics look the same. Want. Before they left Microsoft, Microsoft's like, no, make another Halo game. We don't want a Halo online. Not uh, gonna be successful. And the game didn't do that great in the beginning, Destiny One, until they did the taking kick and it came back. And that's probably a moment where Activision were like, Oh shit. This this is a flop. And then they come back and they're like, oh, okay, look. They had the magic all along. They just had to find it themselves. Fantastic. Awesome. All right, let's do Destiny 2. Let's do Destiny 2. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's literally You're literally doing the same exact thing. I can't take this. Listen, people can say all, all they want. Forsaken is just like... Destiny Forsaken is just like the Taken King. It, it's the same. It's be- No, it's not. Taken King was way better, Okay way better this is a glorified patch that should have been out eight months ago yeah and that's why we stopped playing like i'm sure their their audience would be a lot bigger right now if they just took their lessons from destiny 2 and all the shit they did in forsaken was included with the initial launch not added as another fucking 70 dollars paywall which is why we stopped playing i bought the game in the expansion pass and, and people, then all of a sudden, all the fixes and all the things that make the game good are behind a year two pass. Where where was the year one pass? Yeah. You know? Oh, that's now, right. They, they didn't fucking have people. one. People probably want to cite that, oh, that's an Activision thing. No, it's not. The only reason why Activision made them cost, the only reason why fucking Forsaken cost the amount of money that it does, and the only reason why this annual pass thing came to existence yeah, it's Activision doing it, but it's because Bungie dropped the fucking ball in the first place. Well, it's also because people bitched about Eververse, so they're now they're not making their microtransaction money, and they got to make look, it some other we way. We sat here in the beginning and told you, people, if you kill if you kill Eververse because you're fucking greedy, you will kill Destiny. And to a degree, I feel bad for Destiny because they caved on that. I, I well, I feel bad because the game develop the the gaming community is fucking retarded. Yeah, you're all fucking retarded. Okay, listen, I'm a part of the gaming community and I love games, but you're fucking up games. And I, I'm not talking specifically to the people that are part of this outrage gamer culture. And, and, and Atlas wasn't great; it had a terrible launch. It's not a launch; it's early access. We Fallout seventy six isn't really Fallout. It, it is. You fucking Eververse, I can't get every item. If I played the game for this many hours of my life, I wouldn't be able to get every item. That's entitled. You're not supposed to get every item. You're supposed to be incentivized to spend money. We, 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 shut the fuck up. <laughs> okay? You're, you're not... The point is that you're supposed to be able to get shit for money. That's the point of it. These game developers aren't putting in loot boxes in fucking Overwatch and Heroes of the Storm and League of Legends and Counter-Strike and all these other games that have monetization. They're not putting that in there so that you can get it for free. They're putting it in there because they want you to buy it with money so they can keep sustaining the fucking game. Do you think League of Legends would exist today if everything in that game could be earned so easily? Think about how many hours you have to put into League of Legends to get everything for free. Get the fuck out of here. I don't even think you can get skins for free in that fucking game. I think you can only buy that with money, if I'm not mistaken. So the games like that need monetary income. Why? No, not because they're indie. Because they're being sustained. World of Warcraft 
Final Fantasy 14, those games exist in the way that they are because they have monthly subscription requirement. So they have income that they can use to pay a team to work on that game constantly. Whereas a game like Star Wars The Old Republic, when it goes free to play, they need all kinds of loops and shit to jump through. Yeah, sure. They don't want to be scummy about it because people like Seeker and I have already fought on the internet for a generation to keep things like pay to win out of fucking video games. So the game developers go, well, we don't want to be pay to win. And rightfully so, because that's scummy. We don't want to put things like better guns or better items behind paywalls. Instead, we'll do cosmetics. Only cosmetics. So you, you want access to cosmetics, you, you can you can either play the game for a long period of time or you can pay money. And they're smart. They're not fucking stupid. They know that if you're if you're playing the game for a lot of time, if you're spending a lot of your time in a game, the odds are you're gonna spend money on it because that's where you spend most of your fucking free time. Where yeah. else are you gonna spend your money? They're not fucking stupid, but fucking Bungie the reason why I don't feel sorry about Bungie is because like idiots, they caved to the Eververse cry out. It was fine. I was there in the beginning. It was fine. Ooh, I don't get this. I don't get the fist bump animation. <laughs> Fuck off. Play the video game. Who gives a shit if you can't hit a button and your character do a fucking fist bump with some idiot you're standing next to in a fucking nightfall? Give me a break. What the fuck are you people talking about? You are killing video games with this shit. It's so fucking annoying. God, you, all you're going to do is go back to, okay, $60, here's your fucking game, fuck off until the sequel. But this game is broken. Yeah, sorry. We can't <laughs> fix it. We don't have time. Our publisher gave us a, a time. Ask, ask the fucking modding community. Our publisher gave us a time. We had five years to make the game. This is where we got in five years. Enjoy the fucking game. Maybe we'll give you one or two patches afterwards with a skeleton crew team. Enjoy that. You will never get games along the line of Witcher and shit like that. It'll never happen because those games are... Look how many patches those kind of games receive to fix problems in them after they launch. They're doing that off of saved up fucking money, by the way. If, if All it takes is one Witcher game to come out and be a flop and that studio is gone with those kind of practices. It doesn't work. That's why big that's why big AAA companies have learned. They, they it's not like fucking indie developers like CD Project Red have it figured out and Blizzard doesn't. Oh, to the contrary. Blizzard and Activision and EA and Ubisoft, they pay people that are smart and go to college and get degrees and learn about this kind of shit to come in and play to the psych the the, the psychiatry of it and you know, the economics of it. And they bring these people in to tell them these things, what they need to do. That's the advantage they have over a company like CD Projekt Red. If Cyberpunk 2077 comes out and it's a flop or it's not as good, that company probably dies because all the money that they have left over from Witcher 3, because it's not a sustainable game, because they don't have monetary or monetization in it, all, all they have is money left over from that game. So that goes into, into Cyberpunk 2077, and if that game fails, it's over. That's how studios die. It's over. This is an old system that used to happen before they started having this concept of being able to sustain games. 
See, now you look at Blizzard, a lot of the games that they've made, new IPs, come from the fact that World of Warcraft is such a goddamn juggernaut for the longest time that they had so much money coming in from World of Warcraft that they had more money than they could put into World of Warcraft. They were like, well, shit. We can just keep running this game and make another IP? Let's fucking do it. Now Blizzard's a fucking juggernaut, and most of their games are successful. Yeah, and it's weird how no one fucking complains about World of Warcraft when it comes to microtransactions because you buy the game at full price, you have to buy expansions at full price, you have to pay $15 a month, and then they still have microtransactions. Yep. And nobody seems to really give them any grief over it. But you get a fucking game like Destiny where people expect the same kind of, like, you know, support that an MMO gets where people pay a subscription and then they're bitching about buying cosmetic items in the Eververse, and then they wonder why the game is shit. (laughs) Absolutely. Certainly there are some greedy practices, like the $25 mounts and shit from Blizzard. But go after the right people, man. Eververse? Give me a fucking break. Well, that's also probably another pretty big factor as to why Blizzard is kind of shit in the bed right now, is that they get far less leeway on their fuck-ups because people do pay $15 a month. And yeah, me and Seeker's a little upset about it. We liked Destiny. Maybe Destiny could have been a better game today if Eververse never was touched. If they never touched Eververse and had a giant team working on it still from the beginning, maybe things like the shit that's in Forsaken would have been six months ago as a fucking big pat. Maybe they would have fixed certain problems like the time to kill. It's it's this weird... 12-year-old fucking, you know, Ninja has 100,000 subscribers on Twitch. The guy below him is like fucking 20K or 40K or something like that. The amount of difference between those two people is... Ninja makes half a million dollars a month. No, he makes 50,000 a month. What? 50,000 a month. You said he has 100,000 subscribers. No. It's hold on. It's it's crazy. Well, it would be it's uh it's five it's half a million a month. This is reported hundred thousand times two and a half dollars. Well, he, no, he doesn't get half. He's in the special partners. Not a lot of people know about this. Some guy put out a video about this recently, and people like Asmongo were talking about how I thought that we're not supposed to talk about this. There is a thirty percent take a seventy thirty that you get if you get special partner tier, which is supposed to not be talked about, where if you have like 10,000 subscribers or something like that you get into, or maybe something higher than that, I I don't know exactly. So he doesn't, they they don't take half his money. They take 30% of his money for no reason at all. (laughs) He makes half a million dollars per month playing Fortnite, and most of his viewers are kids who are subscribing with their mother's uh, you know, their mother's, uh, what you call it? Money. Twitch Prime. <laughs> How interesting is that? That Amazon is actually paying Ninja <laughs> to be the top Twitch streamer. But my point I'm making there is like, these kids have money. Uh, <laughs> they're just not willing to pay it for the fucking video games they like, but they'll give it to some idiot streaming fucking Fortnite. Yeah, they need a good dose of perspective. They'll come around in 10 or 20 years. Yikes. <laughs> I mean, another thing, too. How long have games been 60 bucks new? Pretty long time. I remember when they were 30 bucks, 40 bucks, 
50 bucks. And then I remember when they went up to 60 and it's been 60 for a long time and games have only gotten harder to make and more expensive well, to make. They tried to do 70 for a while. Thanks, Obama. I remember during the Obama <laughs> era, $70 new games. Remember that? No. Now it's back down to 60. There were a couple games that came out $70, like Call of Duty and shit like that would do 70 bucks. It's like, it was rough. Now they've gone back down to 60 and some even down to 50 and 40. And that's from complaints of the community. Listen, game developers, publishers, they know that they got to appease gamers. They have to compete. That's what capitalism is. It's competition. You know, If Battlefield and Call of Duty compete with each other, one of the best way areas to compete in is price. Drop it by $10. Boom. Uh, and that's, but they still have to base a lot of stuff on metric data, like you know how what it, what are we, what are we proposing is going to be our income, what 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 we're going to make based off what we've done in the past. You know, if we lower our money by ten dollars, yeah, if a million people buy the game, that's a large chunk of money that we're losing. So there's there's aspects like that, and they compete in that way. Sometimes uh, certain developers can afford to do it more so than others, obviously. You know, uh, it's weird. You would think the big guys could afford that, but actually they're the ones that can't afford it because when you make a lot of money as a big corporation, you got to keep making a lot of money <laughs> or uh, yeah. things are bad. It's not that everybody's always worried about what if, what if uh, Walmart gets a monopoly, you know, and then some little guy comes along. Walmart can afford to drop their prices and undercut the little guy. Actually, no, it's the opposite. Walmart can't afford to drop their prices because uh, as soon as they do that, corporate starts getting real upset. They don't need to drop their prices because they buy so much. That's right. Like the more you buy at once, the lower the price is. The little guy isn't going to go out there and fucking buy enough product that can fill up, you know, 5,000 fucking Walmart stores. He's going yeah. to buy enough to fill up his one store. So he's going to pay quite a bit more for each thing, which means he has to charge more for each thing. Or he can match Walmart's price and make less money, but and take it's a not risk really sustainable. And bring somebody in. I mean, it's how Walmart came into existence versus Kmart. Why do you think shit costs so much more at convenience stores? They yeah. buy less. Well, you go to Sam's Club, you pick up a box of Cocoa Puffs. You know, it's four dollars and ninety-five cents for a box of Cocoa Puffs, and it's got uh, it's got two bags in it. You go down to Walmart and it's three dollars and ninety cents for a single box of Cocoa Puffs. You go over to Food Lion, it's four dollars and twenty cents for a single box of Cocoa Puffs. It's that's how the market works. People compete, and these kids got to learn that kind of shit. Well, yeah. no one, no one likes capitalism anymore, you know. Well, that's because. That's because they don't have any, I mean, they're also kids and they don't value money. You don't value money until it's on you to make it. When it's someone else's money, yeah, you don't really value it that much. You're just like, yeah, just lower your price. Like, no, you don't don't understand. I can't just lower my fucking price. I need to make make money. Why do you need to make money? Are you fucking greedy? No, I got bills to fucking pay. The best (laughs) example for these kids to understand is like, if you've ever lent a game or something like that to a friend and it comes back fucked up, he didn't care about it because it wasn't his, but you cared about it because it's yours, right? It's like that first time you get a your own computer, like you buy something. It's that first time that you buy something with your money, whether it's allowance or money that was given for a birthday. It belongs, and you take special care of it. That first PlayStation 4 you get or that first Xbox that's yours, even if you didn't buy it necessarily, 
it belongs to you now and you're in charge of how well it's taken care of. And if you don't take care of it, it loses its value. That's that's value is is the 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 recognition that if you don't take care of your Xbox or your PlayStation, it might not work anymore. And the odds of you getting another one from somebody, whether it be your money or your parents' money, is pretty fucking low. That's value. Same thing happens with money, uh, obviously. <laughs> it's Capitalism isn't evil or greedy. Nobody's greedy. I mean, it's always well, the other person are, that's but... greedy, right? Like That's, that's how Milton Friedman, Friedman said it best. You know, it's always the other. I'm not greedy. It's always the other person that's greedy. It's not greedy. People aren't greedy. They're, they want to make money to enjoy life. That's, there's nothing greedy about that. Okay. Greedy is I have uh, 20 chocolate kisses and my wife wants one and I won't give her one. That's greedy. All because I want that 20th Hershey's kiss. Like that's, that's greedy. Wanting to have more money is not greedy because more money means more stuff, more prosperity, more enjoyment, more entertainment, more it also means you can relax a little more. The more money you have, the more you can relax and breathe easy. Yeah, and that's why I don't really understand why people give streamers in particular so much shit about doing it for money. People always say, don't do it for money. It's like, look, I'm doing it for money in the sense that I would like to not have to work anymore. And it's not because I think streaming is going to get me rich. It's because I enjoy doing it. But I still need to make money. Yeah, if, I about, didn't, if I didn't have bills rich. to pay and I wasn't married and shit, yeah, I would love to fucking play video games all day. I mean, but sure as it stands, really nice. I need to have a fucking job so that I can pay the bills right. so that I can keep streaming. But sure it's really nice in an ideal ninja. world, if I make money streaming, all of a sudden, all the free time that I spend streaming now, now my my job gets replaced with streaming. My free time gets replaced with, you know, maybe actually being active and not being overweight and be, living a sedentary lifestyle. Right. And I get the amount of sleep I'm supposed to get. So yeah, I do it for the money. But it's not like... I'd be doing it anyway, even if I wasn't. But it's going not like that. you also only do it for the money. Yeah, I mean, it's that's really not nice. greedy. <laughs> that's it's really I'm nice saying. to be ninja and make half a million dollars a month. And Jesus fucking Christ, what you can do with that kind of money if you're just putting it in a goddamn bank, even though you're paying a lot of taxes on it. But at the same time, I'm not wanting. I'm not sitting here going, yeah, I'm gonna make it rich and be the next ninja. I just want to be able to fucking make money to live off of. That's all. Yeah, so I don't like need to said, be famous. I just need to be, you know, good. Yeah, if you have a job, you spend most of your day at a job, and then you come home and play video games. But it'd be nice to be able to play video games and then in your free time, you know, do other shit. Like, fucking fix up your house or, you know, fucking get a fucking... Uh, go and do shit that you need to go, go jog and exercise and shit like that and keep yourself healthy. I mean, you look at somebody like the doc and how in shape that guy is. He could never do that if he had to do a nine to five job and stream and like he'd never have the time to do his nine to five job, then come home and stream a as a hobby or something like that. It would never fucking work. Okay. Never. You want to go after people, go after the fat people on Twitch that are streaming and don't have a job. Okay. Go after the successful fat people. They have no excuse, man. Like <laughs> you stream five hours a day. And that's it. And then what do you do? You go sit down and fucking watch TV or something? I mean, that's their that's their prerogative, but they're fucking successful. You know? Yeah. Jesus. I just want to be able to do some fucking push-ups 
and play video games. You know? Yeah. It's rough. I mean, what do you do? You know, do you keep at it for <clears throat> five years? Or do you, you know, actually tone that down and go try to make fucking money like everyone else and hate your life? And, I'm not and you get all these people it. and you get all these people that are like, oh, follow your dream, follow your dream. You know, if everyone follow their dream, are they all going to get it? No. Yeah, I'm not sitting here crying about it like somebody should give me a handout. I'm just saying people need to stop saying shit like that. That's all we're saying. I mean, I'll take yeah. a handout if anyone's got yeah, one. Whatever. I'll <laughs> take a handout. I'm not saying that that should be given to me. I'm saying... People need to stop bitching and whining about streamers streaming for money. Like, oh, this guy's doing it for the wrong reasons. Fuck you. Go fuck yourself, okay? Well, the point, the the point I was trying to make is that a lot of these people, since most of Twitch is children, especially, you know, the more successful streamers, their main audience is children. They have no, they have no concept of what money's worth. There's, it doesn't have any value to them because they're not earning it. They're not paying bills. They're not seeing all this money fucking come in and then all of it go out to rent and all this other shit. Right. The moral of the story is give us your money. If you don't care. about <laughs> it. <laughs> At least, uh, you know, if you're so into socialism, fucking start giving your money to smaller streamers. Stop. Yeah, like, stop I subbing guess. a ninja. I mean, I he doesn't have... need it. That motherfucker I... could retire today. I only stand to gain from socialism. So, you know, that guy makes, Think about Much that more, in a, that guy makes in a week what most people make in a year. That's mind blowing to me, dude. That guy's making half a million dollars a month now. Certainly, some of that's taxed, but Jesus fucking Christ! Even if he's making three hundred thousand dollars a month, what the fuck? He's well, a millionaire the, in half a year. What's the average U.S. salary? Let's look it up. It's like seventy thousand or some shit. Probably lower than that now because of Obama. All right. Median household income in the United States is $56,516. Mm-hmm. I'm reading 59000 in 2016. All right. So Same let's difference. say between fifty-five dollars and $60,000 a year. I'm yeah. making... Uh, oh, that's household. Yeah, so I'm average for household. Yeah, that's average. Uh that's my two people, makes under, by the way. My household makes under that. Yeah, that's two people. My household makes under that. Ninja is making... Ten times that? In a month. Ten times that in a month. Jesus. That's not even including his donations. Yeah. And bits. And advertisements and sponsorships. And uh, apparently sponsorships are the big money on Twitch. I told you that guy that made the video that outed this kind of stuff. Like, he... He talks about the four ways Twitch streamers make money. Some Asian guy that's in the top 10 viewed list on Twitch. And he's like, he starts talking about subs. And then he gets to the last one. We starts talking about uh, sponsorships. And he's talking about it. And it's like, this is the best way to make money on Twitch. This is where most of your money comes from. Because as a Twitch viewer, as a Twitch streamer, they really have to, either the game, they have to pay you a lot of money if you don't enjoy the game. Because I'm not going to sit here for two hours and stream a game that I don't like. So when somebody comes to me and I'm somebody like Ninja and have a big draw and they're like, hey, we want you to play our game, which is going to start happening for Ninja soon, believe it or not. <laughs> That's the thing about Ninja is he doesn't have to play Fortnite. At some point, somebody can come to him and say, listen, we're going to pay you as much money as you would get. So he's he has to be he has to go, okay, well, you're going to have to pay me 
an equivalent to what I would be getting streaming Fortnite for one evening, uh, plus some, <laughs> right? Because because yeah. I might lose because I might lose viewers or subscribers by playing your game instead of Fortnite. So the sponsorships are huge, and some sponsorships go on for a long time. Like they'll be uh, like soundcloud or something like this is my uh, sponsored by you know i mean if you look at like michael jordan sponsored by nike it's not like he did one commercial he was sponsored by nike which meant that nike gave him money to wear nikes on the court and to do commercials and to everywhere he goes talk about how his shoes are fucking comfortable like they gave him money for that's sponsorships are a big fucking deal hey i know you don't like coca-cola but drink coca-cola everywhere you go all the time never be caught with that like that's a sponsorship and we'll pay you this amount of money every month. So that I mean there's no telling what kind of sponsorships Ninja has. You know, like the Doc has sponsorships. Like yeah, got TV, like G Fuel and Asus Asus fucking Republic of Gamers uh, fucking Turtle Sorry. Beach. Turtle Beach, yeah. He's Which got is... a lot of sponsorships. <laughs> I don't hey, I man. Won't say anything about Turns Turtle out you Turns out if you sit there and shill for a fucking pair of headphones, they'll come around and give you a sponsorship. Yeah. You know? I fucking love corn nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's true, but. Man, if we could just pick up some of those smaller fucking companies as sponsors, that'd be fu- so fucking funny. It'd be great. Like, I fucking love corn nuts. <laughs> I said that one time on Twitter. And it got me like 500 followers on Twitter in one day. Fucking crazy. I mean, I've lost some of them because a lot of them were like, you know, just shitlords that follow and then immediately unfollow. But hey. Who has the fucking effort to do that, you know? Who I unfollows don't. people? I tell you what, I spent like a month muting Arab people. <laughs> <laughs> just muting them. I, I fucking whatever, man. Every now and then I go and prune out people that aren't following me, but unless I care about them and give a shit about what they have to say. It's just so fucking time consuming. It is. That's the part That's the part of it, apparently. That's the part that we're not doing is the time consuming. And that's the rough part, right? Because if you got a daily job, how the fuck are you supposed to... Like, I could just forget. I could, like, abandon easily. 100% abandoned the idea of learning how to make games and having this backup plan and just instead sit on social media all day and try to hustle because that's what a lot of Twitch streamers have done. But I want to learn how to make fucking video games. Or I could fucking do some stupid gimmick like this guy with the big bushy mustache, right? Two, he posts up a picture, 2009 to 2019. It took me forever to find a photo from a decade ago. Like, he has no mustache versus now he's got this big mustache. And that's that's what he's known for is this big fucking Western I'm in a Western movie mustache, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like I don't know, man. There's gotta fucking... be an audience out there. Just like cause when I go to streams, mm-hmm. and, and again, I mean, people talk about networking. Guess who doesn't have time to fucking go and sit in other people's chat? Streamers. Yeah, streamers don't have time to do that. But I do, I try. But when I go and look for a stream, I don't want all this bullshit all over the screen. I don't want a fucking gimmick. I don't want a character. I just want to watch someone interesting playing an interesting game. That's it. There's got to be an audience for that. Because that's all I'm trying to do. Like, I'll watch Dan's game, and he doesn't even have any real character or anything like that. Yeah, he does stupid puns and stuff, but I don't care about that. 
like I'm I watch him play games because he plays the type of games that I like and he's laid back and just plays the game. I also watch the doc because he's fucking hilarious and entertaining, but he's also pretty good at pretty decent at the game. I don't watch Ninja because he plays Fortnite and I'm not interested in Fortnite and Ninja has no real appeal to him. So yeah, if you're playing shitty games, you got to probably got to have some kind of fucking you know, personality that's enjoyable. Uh and I'd say that saying that I watch Dan's game because I like his personality of laid back and relaxed. Ninja is just, I don't know. He tries too hard. I can't get into certain streamers. There's guys I'll watch and then I'll come back to, you know, that's why I like it. Me JP. I've been subscribed for him for like 57 fucking months or some shit. Like he is laid back and relaxed. Sometimes he doesn't play games. I like, and I ignore, I don't even watch his role play shit. I watch none of his D and D stuff because I personally can't enjoy watching D and D when other people are playing it. I, I enjoy playing D&D, not watching D&D. It's boring for me. It's like it's like reading a book. You know, I get halfway through and I'm like, this fucking sucks. I'm going to go watch the movie instead. <laughs> it's just not enjoyable. I listen to the Critical Role podcast. I listen to it in podcast form. I, I enjoy it. I can, well, I can understand if you're at work or something like that, but I, I don't, you know, I can't. I can't listen to things. See, I my problem is I want to watch people stream or listen to people stream, but then I want to do other stuff at the same time. So I can't enjoy story-based games and then also listen to somebody or watch somebody. I have to play a game like World of Warcraft or Final Fantasy XIV where I don't really need to pay attention to what's going on in the game. It's just kind of a thing I'm doing while... I, so it's, it's like occupying myself with two things at once. But I can't learn how to code... And, and learn how to make video games and also watch people on Twitch. I can't do that at the same time, specifically because I'm usually also, you know, I'm usually listening to somebody else teach me how to do shit, but I, I don't know. Yeah. It's a, it's a double-edged sword uh, being a streamer and trying to network with people. It's, I'd rather I mean, it's just all stream. fake anyway. I mean, it's yeah, really you can make, fake. I mean, we made a few friends playing destiny, you know, Seth and Monty and, well, that wasn't really Guess networking. Who? That was just playing the game and wanting to succeed at the game. Right, networking, that's what I'm saying. That's like that's real shit. All those people support shit, our streams yeah. now. But like just going out and like I don't really care about this person or their stream, but I'm gonna sit in their stream and pretend like I care, and maybe yeah. they'll do the same thing back to me. That's like, yeah, that's fake. And apparently that's what you have to do. And listen, and I'm not maybe shitting. if you have no principle, then I'm not shitting on that. Like if that's whatever. I mean, hats off to you. I mean, that's you're just trying to do the same thing I'm doing. You know, you're trying to be a successful streamer. I get it. Um, there's a lot of difficulty to Twitch in knowing where to go and what to do. I don't want to do a gimmick, man. <laughs> like I just—I don't, don't think I could keep up a gimmick. I don't want to be. I think if I tried, the, if I tried to do a character, I go if I tried to do a character, you know how hard it would be to stay in character the whole time. I know. It's I would. Terrible. You would just get into the game and revert back to yourself. The doc can never be himself because as soon as he is, yeah, some people will stick, but a lot of people will go. The moment he steps on and tries not to use that character anymore and just tries to be Herschel Beam, never going to work. Uh, Herschel? Yeah, his real name's Herschel Beam the Fourth. I thought it was Guy. Guy is his nickname. Oh. Like Herbie Hancock? Herbie Hancock. <laughs> oh god so yeah twitch is rough i mean i thought like hey i'm gonna just need to calm down and attacking people trying to make it a streamers that's all 
Yeah, I mean, I've been doing it for a while. I started, I figured like, hey, I got time. I got a job. I got free time. Give it a couple years and I'm sure to be successful. And it's been twice as long as I thought it would be. And I've seen less than half the amount of success I thought I would. And then you see people on Twitch, all on Twitter all the time that are like, oh, I've been streaming for a year and I finally got partnered. Like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. I don't and know. They're not, I don't get it. And they're, they're honestly, I'm not going to name names, but they're, they're not even good streamers. Or... Like it's, there's so many people. I can't even tell you. There's so many people who don't even do like basic quality assurance on their own stream. You got like, weird audio or echoing audio or it's all out of balance or like their green screen's broken and it looks like shit. It's all discovery. Twitch is 100% discovery. Uh, the only reason why we aren't partners is because nobody has hardly seen us. Like maybe like maybe 2% of Twitch has seen our streams. Not even. Not even 2%, yeah. Maybe that, like 0.2%. So all of these people that you see becoming partners so quickly, they, they got seen somehow. Whether it was a host from some bigger streamer or they hustled on fucking social media or something, or they know a guy. I mean, hey, think about how many people just think about this, roll this around in your head. Think about how many people on Twitch as streamers, know Twitch staff in some way or another through family or friendship. And, and that's why they're on. That's I have why no they're idea. Twitch streamers. I honestly, I couldn't even ballpark. I that. guarantee you at least half at least half got into streaming and became successful streamers because they knew either another streamer was either friends or family with them or Twitch staff. 100% it had to be at least 50. At least 50% of Twitch. Like there are certainly people that have made it on their own and then, you know, shit like that. But I mean, you look at simple things. Like obviously, you know, people have their friends and I'm not against that. I'm just saying like, don't, don't think it's something to where there's a bunch of people out there working their ass off. You know, think about how many, there's a lot of people that when machinima was a big deal, people went and worked for them and then just working for them, got them into where they could learn to meet these people. And that's, that's called happenstance. That's not, you know, you see somebody like uh Hutch, somebody like Hutch who's streaming on Twitch these days and, and making a living off of it. You know, he he went and worked for Machinima. He didn't know that one day this site called Twitch would come around and by knowing people like C Nanners and shit like that and Gassy Mexican and Gold Glove, he was going to be able to, you know, kind of piggyback on them a little bit and bring his own channel over. You know, and I do say piggyback because it's it's not like you can just be successful and then move to Twitch and see success. If you want an example of that, look at people like... um cinnamon toast ken you know there's a youtuber that has a lot of following he's he was called out by pewdiepie he was friends with pewdiepie he did a lot of collaborations with him he's got a successful youtube channel and then he comes over and streams on twitch and he gets like 300 views that's that's him doing it on his own nobody from his friendship circle was here you know and since since then he's done stuff like he's gone on you know, drop frames and stuff like that. And that's helped him out and he's focused more on it. But he didn't get the kind of help that some other streamers get by have. you know, if you're friends with Gold Glove, you can easily come hang out with Gold Glove and stream and you're going to, you're going to be successful in a short period of time. Uh, a big example of that is Sheriff Eli in the role play community. When Grand Theft Auto became a big role play game for people in that community, there was this guy that wasn't streaming. He was just playing the game and he was having a good time. He was an ex-cop. He used to be a cop. 
And so he played one of the police officers uh, in that in that community. They require that you learn all the actual cop codes and all that stuff to role play it out so that the people role playing feel like they're actually in there. They're trying to create as realistic a scenario as possible whenever they do their games, their 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 runs in their role play community games. Uh, no matter what game it is. And in this one, they required that. And this guy was already an ex-cop and knew that stuff. So he could not only do that shit, but he could train people with it. And so naturally, he was he played a cop and people loved him for it. People would see and hear him on other people's streams and they loved him. So when he became, when he decided, when all these role play streamers said, you got to start streaming, you got to start streaming, you can make money off this. When he finally booted up his own stream, it was an immediate success because he already had exposure from all these other streamers. Exposure is the biggest fucking thing on Twitch. It's the biggest thing. So when you see these people that are, that's why it's so easy for girls to get on there and have a little cleavage because it's so easy to literally expose yourself <laughs> to kids and, and guys that, you know, they exist. I'm sorry. I'm not knocking on women for it. If I had tits, I'd do the same thing. I'm not downing, downplaying them this it's a smart thing to do it's the smartest thing to do if you have tits it's the smartest thing to do to put them out there zombie unicorn painting her titties is the smartest thing to do okay it's not a negative in this sense like it's a negative to some people and it does hurt some female streamers but that's not my fucking business like it's it's not like she's some fucking I mean, you know, they're not gonna, hard working person. I don't really. A lot of people get really pissed off over shit like that. And I mean, those people who are watching those streamers, that's not your audience anyway. You know, if they're wanna, not, if that, if all those titty streamers weren't there, those people aren't going to be watching you. Them, not to imply that some of them aren't hardworking, but putting your tits out there isn't difficult. Like certainly you can be hardworking and do all these things and then still put your tits out there. Uh, you know, even like porn stars and, and like cam girls, there's a lot of hard work involved in that. But, you know, it's not it's not because you have some skills because there's a lot of desperate kids on Twitch. And I don't mean like 12 year olds. I mean, there's 20 something year old guys out there that just, you know, it's the it's the pathetic guy that goes on Twitch and watches some girl and falls in love with her. And he barely fucking knows her. It's like it's that shit. That shit exists on a large scale on the Internet. And so it's easy. That, that's exposure that gets you exposure to a community and then before you know it you can just start putting your tits away you know it's zombie unicorn did never did body painting and then she brilliantly started painting her tits a little bit and then she stopped and now she's already because she's already seen growth from that <laughs> no pun intended <laughs> <laughs> she's already seen a lot of growth from that so she can just back off on that and go down the path of Doing, going back to what she normally did. It's like any streamer. This, this is what clips are for. Anytime you see a clip of something happening that seems too good to be true or seems fake, it's probably fake because it's there are people out there that know how to do clips properly. But of course, you have to have some level of exposure for that. Like People that like, oh, he accidentally came onto a stream naked. Yeah, okay, he gets banned for 24 hours and then he comes back and now he's had exposure to the point where people know him. This is this is a thing people do. People. It's a, it's a thing. Women some of these girls will accidentally show their tits and then the next thing you know they've been unbanned after a certain period of time 
And now they suddenly are partners. This actually happened a month ago. Not even a month ago, a couple of weeks ago. There was a woman that thought her stream was off, sitting in front of her camera, didn't even like stop streaming or whatever. Maybe she stopped streaming. I don't know. Takes her top off, takes her bra off, and just starts itching around her implant titties. Okay? Starts scratching around them, and it's just sitting there. How do you not know? How? I can understand if you're a one-monitor streamer and normally you have your OBS in the background. How? How could you not know? First of all, nobody in their right mind that streams on Twitch is going to sit in front of their fucking camera and have OBS or whatever up on their other fucking screen and just be fucking having their tits out or something. Even, even if it says not streaming or, or whatever, right? Like, I don't know how many times I look over and see, am I streaming yet? Okay, I am streaming. Good. All right. Good. Yeah, that happens. But I would never fucking keep OBS open. I mean, what the fuck, man? <laughs> yeah. I would never keep OBS just open randomly. These people know what they're doing. And then surprise, she gets banned for 24 hours or something like that. Comes back immediately partnered. Why is that? Because there's a lot of fucking losers out there that are going, oh, shit. Maybe it'll happen again. I want to be there when it happens again. Right? want to be there i'm in love oh my god those are the best titties i've ever seen in my life like it happens around porn communities porn stars have these communities that build up around them where these guys just are obsessed with every move these girls make every single one of them and one of the smartest things you can do as a girl if you're getting into pornography is start slow okay start slow like uh you know just do sexy shit then you move on to my tits are out then you move on to here's my fucking vag in my ass then you move on to oh now i'm doing stuff with toys and then you move on to finally doing girl boy girl girl stuff or whatever like that's that's the formula man because that's how you fucking edge out every little bit of fucking exposure you could possibly get because if you're famous on the internet as a girl for showing your titties it's a big moment for your fan base and people that have been waiting in the winds or the wings, rather, for you to, you know, finally do that porn scene with a guy. And that's just, it's, that's how it works. That's so what if you don't have any of those things? How do you get exposure? I mean, <laughs> you know how much shit I've tried? I've, I'm part of, like, three different teams. I'm telling you. I the fucking best thing, post on social media. I get, I, I think, put my profile up on, like, uh, twitchfollows.com, and I'm part of Sliver and Binks. Well, and, here's what you do, and this is what I'm going to start doing as soon as I go back to camp. I'm going to start putting my cam back on shortly and you've heard it here on this podcast and listen one day somebody will go back and go fucking gabbler is fake listen to this podcast yeah fuck you you're right <laughs> okay <laughs> because nothing being not fake hasn't worked okay uh so here's here's what i'm gonna do once once i get my cam up and running when i get my stream restarted and set back up in the next couple weeks probably before resident evil i'll probably have my cam up for resident evil uh I'm going to start doing shit like playing a game and falling out of my chair, you know, getting so fucking scared that I freak out and hit my microphone and fall to the ground or something. Yeah. And then send that to the fucking live stream fails Reddit or whatever the fuck, you know, sit there and have some fucking random guy. I totally don't know. Come into my stream and start just dropping in bombs or something. <laughs> like, I can. That's literally how you get famous on Twitch these days. It's literally a clip that gets passed around on Reddit uh, uh, there's a subreddit that's just for it, live stream fail, and people people have exploded their careers 
just fucking stupid. Like the, there's the girl that there's IRL streams was a nobody until people just saw her fucking stream of her running into a fucking pole. She ran into a pole and when she wasn't looking and then it got passed around. She recently tried to recreate this in the fakest way I've ever seen where she walks through some, she's walking and she walks through some bushes and then falls on her butt. Like she didn't see those bushes there, bitch. <laughs> okay. I can understand the phone. Cause you're looking off to the right at some guys and you even turn your camera to look at them. So you have no reference and then you walk into a pole. Totally understand that as being real. But she's just looking at her camera in front of her walking forward. You're going to tell me you don't see those bushes in your peripheral? Give me a break. <laughs> okay. I don't know. The, just go to, listen, just go to our live stream fail and take notes. That's all I'm saying. All right. Take notes on it. That's what the community wants. Those are the most shared clips on Twitch. Just take notes on it. That's all you got to do. I mean, it's as simple as that. Well, I mean, I mean so I'm going to clip my fucking stream properly, I guess. guess I don't so know. Maybe I just, I hold myself to too high of a standard, you know? I'm like, yeah, nothing really happened today that was worth clipping. But I don't know. People like stupid shit. People like stupid shit. That's right. Just start clipping everything you can. Start, get, start just fucking time stamping every little thing. Every little thing. And don't worry about editing it. Just put it up raw, cringy, and unhinged. I'm telling you, man. That's what we got to start doing. That's what I'm doing. As soon as I start using my I mean, cam I got again, a stream deck. I can just hit a button and clip things. I have literally seen clips that explode people's careers on Twitch from them just playing a game like Dark Souls and getting super mad. And they fucking get up and fucking hit their desk and just walk off. Like some of the old ninja clips of him getting famous was him playing Fortnite and then just hitting his desk, not even hitting his fucking keyboard, just hitting his desk and then walking out of the room. And then it just be him not there for the rest of the fucking clip. There's got to be some like $5 keyboards out there, right? Can we just like buy them in bulk? Oh yeah, absolutely. Go to fucking go to Goodwills and shit. I, Ezekiel did that for the longest time. Ezekiel would just buy cheap controllers on Amazon and he'd play games like I want to be the the guy and Bashi and shit like that and and difficult games and he just he set up he had like a a little stool he would bring out and he'd move the he'd just take his webcam and set it up to where you could see the stool and then he'd have a little hammer axe thing that he would beat the fucking controller with that's how he got popular yes he knew man versus game but but he only got a little bump from knowing man versus game he exploded from being the guy that fucking destroys controllers and shit. And he would just hammer those fucking controllers. And he was actually pissed off, but you know, I mean, we're fucking salty, right? Yeah. How so many fucking clips have off. you ever seen? How many clips have you ever seen of a guy just standing up, grabbing his fucking keyboard, breaking it over his knee and walk? Just breaks it over his knee, walks off. So many. I've seen so many fucking clips like that. Listen, if I had disposable income to buy like a fucking $10 keyboard and do that, I'd absolutely do it. How many fucking clips do you have to do anyways, right? Like a couple clips, share them around. Yeah, but that's got to be your thing, you know, buy them bulk. Great. the hustle, 50, by the way. $55 keyboards. That's part of the hustle. That's the, that's the, you got the social media hustle, then you got that hustle and you can play them both at the same time. It's the, it's hustling people into sharing your clips. And Twitch has even said this. The best thing you can do is clip. Clips are the best way to grow. I know, but it's weird because apparently I am not in touch with what other people are doing mm -hmm. and all. Because, you know, the last time I watch a clip, 
I don't even remember. I never watch clips. Because most of them are I mean, fucking I, I, stupid. I don't watch clips either. I just go to... Sometimes I'll go to live stream and see what's going on. And that's where I see clips. And it's usually the same group of people. But... Uh, like, let's go... Like, top, top clip. Streamer slaps a guy in the face on stream. Literally. She just slaps a guy. That's a twist. Here's another one. Come on, bruh. What's this guy doing? He's opening up a... Uh, it looks like a okay. This is the guy that lives in Japan, and he's opening up a. Uh, he's opening up a uh, a masturbator that he bought in Japan. Okay, he's opening it up, and what's the clip? The song that he's listening to just has a black guy saying the n word over and over very lightly. <laughs> ah, ah. <laughs> right, that's the clip. Wow, clip worthy, dude. Super clip worthy. <laughs> why it's, I don't know guys if you're man. listening to this podcast we're way better than these assholes <laughs> <laughs> there's no comedy here man like oh my god this black guy saying the n-word over and over on his fucking song so so what some of them are actually funny and you'll get some of those but then like a lot of these are just Here's force and failing at fucking Dark Souls, man. That's what we got to do. We just got to play Dark Souls and every death, clip it. Every death. Clip it, clip it, clip it. Clip it till it sticks. You know what I'm saying? Clip it. And every I time you die, just my fucking, fucking Resident Evil oh. deaths. Me getting yeah, eaten by what, a shark. Absolutely. Clip it. I'm telling you. Clip that shit. Clip it and send it out. And overreact all the time. Overreact. I mean, not to a fucking annoying degree, but over, you know, uh, instead of like, oh, I'd, okay, well, there's the end of that run. Just be like, fuck. <laughs> That's never happened. Fucking bullshit. All right. I mean, well, that, that whole conversation normal. started from Bungie splitting with Activision. We can skip yeah. this whole last one. Fuck Bungie. <laughs> More of the story is fuck Bungie. It's going to get worse. <laughs> Yeah, we got off on a tangent there because it got into capitalism and the idea of people shitting on streamers because they wanna, they wanna make it on Twitch or wanna get paid. Like I hear that all the too much, and it, well, the point is, we, it just needs to stop. From streamers too, streamers say it all the time: just play to have fun. Fuck off, play to have fun. You, 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 keep acting like that's what you did. Stop. All right, give me a fucking break. <clears throat> and I uh, said so the last one: uh, GameStop's getting bought out. There's investment Maybe. firms looking to buy out games. Well, either they get bought out or they go out of business because apparently it's not doing so well anymore. Well, if they get bought out, there's two things to that. One is it might get better and improve. You might actually see some better legalities come out of it. But the other thing is like um, sometimes companies, big companies will buy out a buy out another company. This is something Mitt Romney got famous for and rich off of uh, where they would uh, buy out a big company and then they would just start purging money from it and they'd take they'd pocket money while the company kept failing and failing and go bankrupt and then a bunch of people would be out of their pen, their pensions and shit like that and crony capitalism stuff that they were doing <clears throat> so remember that next time you cheer for Mitt Romney as <laughs> a fucking douchebag he and, he, he and his company he worked for invented doing that like came up with the idea of it Ooh, fuck it. Yeah, so maybe. 
Maybe uh, GameStop. I don't be... think I don't think GameStop's going to work out unless they start adding like uh, well, we what well, what I want to do. I want to open a game store where they, you know, with retro games, new games, and do trade-ins and stuff. But also, you know, a couple tables you can sit at and play card games, sell card packs, and merch, and nerd shit, and board games, and all kinds of stuff. So that's my backup plan for Twitch. But, um, so they either have to start doing that, but they get a bad name because they've done mostly video games, and people are like, man... They fucking bought this game for twenty dollars and turned around. I came in a week later. They were selling it for forty. What a bunch of bullshit! It's like, no, that's how it works. I mean, going to the grocery store and look at Gabbler's five dollar box of cereal. How much do you think that uh, you know Walmart paid for that box of cereal? Probably like fifty cents. Fifty cents or something. Yeah. It's called a markup. That's how you I make mean, money. They, they would have probably spent like a thousand dollars just for that store for that cereal, but. It'd come out to like 50 cents a unit. Yeah, well, because no one ever completely sells out of everything they buy. That's the problem is that most people go to Walmart and they're like, oh, cereal for $4.20? Yeah, I don't want to pay $4.50 for a giant box of cereal. But the joke's on you because now I have two times the cereal you have and I paid an extra 30 fucking cents. Yep. Like that's... So bad GameStop math, gets a bad also, name. And yeah, I'm sure like GameStop shit. and their management and the way they treat employees is kind of bullshit. I've heard some stories. That yeah, sucks. Well, true everywhere. I mean, it just really depends on the local management. Yeah. But um, I don't really have a problem with their trade-in program. On the Witch a yeah, lot I of used people to, when I was younger, I used to think that it was killing games, but then game publishers found a way around it with digital distribution and, uh, you know... Oh man, you remember when the Xbox One was first coming out and people were bitching that it wasn't going to take uh, physical discs, it was all going to be digital? Yeah. And then they went back on that? Now look at everything. Yeah. Now GameStop's going out of business. But yeah. what if I want to sell my used game? What? You said you hate GameStop. Nope. Like, why are you going to sell your game then? Huh? What if I want to let my friend borrow it? Yeah. When's the last time that ever happened? Here, borrow my video game. You can do that on Steam. <laughs> yeah. You can literally let your friend pay your account for an hour. Anyway, just it's kind of funny. Most people who play Fortnite probably probably aren't old enough to remember that. Probably not. That's the crazy thing. There's like a lot of shit like that. Yeah, you can't learn from the past if you don't remember it. Oh God, I'm getting texts and shit. So yeah, the uh. The demo was good. Um, there's a fix, a third-person fixed camera mod for the demo, which means it'll there'll probably be a good one for the final version, which will be interesting. Mm. Bungie fucking sucks. Yeah. Um, GameStop's getting bought out, and that's it. That's all he has. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about this week? No, nah, that's pretty much it. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on the news. Um, please follow us on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. All that stuff. Yeah, let us know I'm some also, stuff you might want us to talk about, you know? Yeah, I'm also on Instagram. Mostly that's how I do social media now. I used to, like, post all these Facebook groups and post on my Facebook and post on Instagram and then post on Twitter and spam Twitter with my link. Now I just post on Instagram and have it automatically post to Facebook and Twitter. So Instagram mm-hmm. is where you'll see shit first. I've seen a lot of people doing this. Maybe, maybe like, a comment or something, like, what you want us to talk about. Maybe we'll add, like, a little segment at the end where we do, like... Yeah, we can do viewer mail. We could do like a thing, yeah, like 
maybe a, a, a thing you want to say. What did you think about that Star Wars movie or that Star Wars controversy? Or what did you think about this? Like, you know, we'll talk about it for like. Yeah, if you want to do that, DM me. Yeah, or I, comment on something that can if you can comment on whatever the hell we're putting this up on or just make it known that it's something you want us to talk well, about in the comment just don't put a stupid comment on its own because then we won't know to talk about it <laughs> just be like wow what a stupid comment <laughs> be like hey why don't you talk about this on the podcast colon and then put your stupid comment yeah, and we'll berate push. you and then we'll put we'll berate you on the podcast after. and then on the next podcast you can give the comment on what your opinion is on it and we won't read it <laughs> Fucking Maddox does that on his podcast. Like, he gets people calling in and they act all angry and like, God damn it, Maddox, last week you. F- Shit. And then they hang up, right? And then he's like, Yeah, they called back and, you know, gave the whole thing, but I'm not going to play it. <laughs> he only plays them fucking up on their phone calls. <laughs> We're going to start doing that. All right. Anything else you want to shill? No, that's it. All right. Well, that marks the end of the podcast. Another successful episode. So tune in next Sunday, same time, same place. It'll be a week before we're playing uh, Resident Evil 2 Remake, so uh, it'll probably be on my mind. We'll probably talk about that again, unless there's some kind of explosive news this week. We will see. But I doubt it, because everything's blown out of proportion anyway. Oh, we'll probably be playing Final Fantasy and talk about that, so who knows? I don't think we've ever done a podcast on Final Fantasy. Compare it to how good it is. I've only played 14 and 15, so... I mean, I played 10 a little, and I played 7 a little, but very little, and I didn't like them, so I don't even count it. I'm just talking about the MMO right now, you know? All right. All right. I'll think about it. Thanks for listening, everyone. This has been Electronic Gaming Mostly. I'm Seeker127. Fuck off. (laughs) That's the gabbler. Yeah, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Now shut the fuck up. Fuck off.